the time. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you'd like, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com joining you this evening. It's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Uh, we're going to get right into your phone calls because that's the point of the show. We'll take your calls about absolutely anything. And then come up, uh, coming up, Dale, you made a big decision today about your online lifestyle. And I would like to, uh, to discuss your reasoning as to why you did that. Uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. But first, Matt is on the line in Illinois on the amp lines. Hello, Matt. Good evening, Mark and Ian and Hi. Dale. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Matt? Um, on Saturday night's show, you guys were talking about um, the, uh, the the cult of uh, oh, what's it called? The Dianetics cult. Scientology. Uh, yep. Oh, Scientology, I thought you were going to say Ayn Rand, yeah. but <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. No, the the Dian- yeah the Scientology uh, uh, people, and um, I had my my parents were actually members of a cult. Um, when I was a child, I had some uh, there's some similar there's there's some similarities between it. What was the name of it? And uh, well, you know, it slips my mind. I mean, it was a long time ago. But, was it Rainbow but Family? As I, as I recall, I'm wait, hold on a second, Matt. You think the Rainbow Family is a cult? I've heard them described as a cult. I don't really I I ha- don't have firsthand experience, but. I, I don't I've never heard them described as a cult. Uh, but the Rainbow Family is I understand it as a group of hippies that uh, goes around from national park to national park, setting up camp and basically doing a lot of drugs and uh, essentially living a communal lifestyle. So I wonder if they have a charismatic leader, uh, the Rainbow fa- Family. But I don't believe they do. We did have a there was a person who was raised in the Rainbow Family who who came out to New Hampshire for a little while and that's how I learned about them. Yeah. So and and it sounded a little culty. Kind of. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, Matt, go ahead uh, with your thoughts. Well, well as I recall, I, I believe about once a week or so, we, we would go to this to this big building, and there was a lot of people that would gather there. And you I'm know, sorry, how old were you a, during this? I don't know if you already said that. I, I was just, I, I'm sorry, what? How old were you at this time that you're describing? Oh, maybe eight or nine, okay, something like that. And... Um, a lot of people would gather in this building, and there'd be this this man dressed in these robes in the front, and he'd speak in some kind of strange language. Uh, and then at times he would he would take this thing and he'd sprinkle some kind of liquid out of it at people, and he'd say things like, uh, I, "I I remember something that he used to say. He used to say, 'In nominis patris et fili et spiritus sanctus.' <laughs> it's all very reverent and quiet, and and people would kind of they would they would chant and 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 sing these 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 strange songs. I've been You're to talking. the same one. I was gonna say they get up, they get down, they do uh, they 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 get on their knees, they do this kind of uh, aerobics. Yeah, did they wear like? They would do they would do, do some of them like wear that. long white robes? Uh, and then, um, as a child, because I, I was a child, they would, um, yeah. The, the the guy up front had these these white robes on, and because because I was a child, they would send me 
um, after this, the, the, the big gathering would, would split up, they would send me to this uh, room with a bunch of other kids, and this, this lady dressed in this strange black garb would stand up, and we'd have to read from this book. So they have, uh, they'd have special indoctrination classes for the children. They'd separate them from their parents, <laughs> so they had time to specifically indoctrinate them. That is creepy, right. Matt. Yeah, we're right here listening. Okay, and then, um, so so the, this this woman would, you know, she was very strict, and uh, it was it, if we asked the wrong questions or anything, she would sometimes punish us. Uh, sometimes she'd rap on our knuckles and Ooh. stuff. So so we kind of learned not that's physical to ask abuse. Questions. Uh, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, that, that's just physical abuse. I mean, like you're saying, train yeah. the kids to uh, yeah. to stay quiet. Train them not to question right. what they're being taught. Right, we would we would, we wouldn't we would learn not to not to question anything, and I mean, I mean it was it was all very scary for for a young child like me. I I really had a very little clue as to what was going on. Did and, the cult leader uh, did the cult leader in this case also molest little children? <laughs> oh, perhaps I don't know. I, yeah. I've never had that personal experience. That's, but, it's but unfortunate. Maybe, I mean, there was some special children that would get to go up there and and help him do mm. things like. We actually, they, they, they did this thing where we ate a part of a person. And, it's and creepy. And the guy, the leader, would drink his blood. Wow, a cannibal cult. That's yeah, creepy. And the, um, and the, the uh, certain children got to help with, with that part of the, of the ceremony. They would hold the, mm-hmm. the, the, the thing below our chin so that, you know, nothing would spill, and they would help the guy drink the blood. And... Um, Oh, it's very Cannibal funny. vampire we, cult. We, it's very strange. Right. We read uh, from this book, and they would talk about this this like omnipotent person that that knew everything that was going on, and you know we we were told strange things about. Well, I mean, Matt, I I don't want you to t- you know you, you might mess people's mind up. You start telling them all these weird things. Uh, now, um, my question is, what do you think we can do in order to keep kids from being abused like this? How do we save our young children from this kind of, well, th- this kind of weird insanity? Well, if I wasn't, uh, you know, uh, somebody who believed in freedom and that people should be able to, to, um, uh, to, to do these kind of things if they feel that that's helping um, themselves and their lives and their children's lives, I would say that we should arrest these people and have them thrown in jail for abusing their kids. Hmm. Crazy stuff. But, you know, I I don't feel that way. I think that that uh, that people should be allowed to just uh, do what they think is best with their lives. Mm. Hey, Matt, when you were a young uh, young boy and you were in this cult, how long did it take you to really start to question them? Well, actually, I think my mom wasn't as brainwashed as my father, mm-hmm. and so when I got to be in the fifth grade, they wanted to do this thing with me where. Um, I don't know, they called it something, and they had this big ceremony where you actually like, became a member officially in this cult. Mm. And I told my mom and dad that I didn't want to do that because I didn't like their teaching. My dad got all mad, and he said that he thought if I didn't go through with this, I'd go to hell. But my mother actually told him, no, you let him be. What is you this be. hell place? Hell was this uh, place that they talked about where uh, where your eternal soul would go forever and it would burn, so you would be constantly be on fire. Well, no wonder you believed him. That's a pretty scary place to go. 
Yeah, um, well, you know, it scared me to 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 tell my my father that I didn't want to go through with um, with becoming a member of this cult. But um, with my mom's backing, I you know I I was able to uh, to not go through with it. And you said this was uh, when was it fifth grade? You said. Yeah, in the fifth grade they mm-hmm. had this uh, the ceremony that you would go to. Would your dad still force yeah. you to go to the cult meetings after this incident? No, once I decided that I didn't want to do that, uh, I didn't have to go to those cult meetings wow. anymore. That's good. And I didn't have to go to the indoctrination classes either. My father was stewing for a while, but I think he got over it. Good one to know. Of, one of the, 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 the things about cults is they'll often try to sort of drain their members dry of money. Did you notice that with your parents at all? Well, when they had the big uh, gathering of... Um, of of people, they would they would pass this. Uh, it was like a wicker basket on a big long handle, and it would go across. And my dad would actually hand me money and let me put it in the basket along with a lot of other money. But you know, it wasn't anything. They they weren't forcing them to give that. Matt, I want to thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. No, it certainly wasn't force, but it was very heavily suggested, shall we say, brainwashed that. Uh, you need to do these things for the good of the church and for the good. Oh, wait, did I say church? Cult. Uh, organized religion, cult. Uh, of course, as we pointed out over the weekend, the difference between a cult and an organized religion is the amount of societal acceptance, the size of the organization. And we didn't get to confirm, but I think I think we all guessed it was Catholic, right? Uh, yeah, that was, that was my clear. guess very early on, yeah. All right, more coming up here. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. And Dale has left the cult of Facebook. We'll explain <laughs> here in a moment. It's. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you can get quick access to our streams and podcasts via m.freetalklive.com. M as in mobile.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. All right, let's continue taking your phone calls. Uh, You may bring up anything you'd like. Uh, Let's go to Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Dale, and Mark. Hey, guys. Something uh, very interesting happened to me today. Yes, sir. It will be of interest probably to the whole world. Would love to hear it. Uh, I was hired by some supporters of Adam Kokesh to announce that he is getting a show on Russia today. 
Oh, wow. That's interesting. Now, we've talked about Russia today before, and I forget who it was, but somebody here was very skeptical about Russia today. Uh, was it JJ no, or it's me. you, Mark? It was you, Mark. I'm not very uh, skeptical. I said that Russia today loves anti-U.S. stories. Right, and I kind of told well, you those that... those aren't hard to come by. No doubt, <laughs> lately. but you don't see a lot of anti-Russia um, stories on Russia today. That's all I'm saying. Right, right. I, I get you there, Mark. That's fine. We don't live in Russia, so it really doesn't matter that much. Um, but they, you know, I pointed out that they have had Scott Horton on uh, from Anti-War Radio a number of times as a guest. It's awesome. And any network that's going to book hardcore libertarians like Scott Horton as a guest is okay in my book. You know, well, we so far the stories I've seen on there, I was really impressed with them, and I just all I, I found is that I agreed with them. So it's difficult for me to look and say that seems really biased when when all I'm seeing is what looks <laughs> it to me looks accurate. <laughs> well, it agrees with my bias. That's true, <laughs> but uh, but yet to understand, you know. But of course, my bias is is. Um, is very much in disagreement with mainstream media of America. Well, they're very the critical. They're media. very critical of the United States federal government, and I think that's excellent. I mean, it's it's a, a a level of critique that just isn't present in the other mainstream offerings. You know, the MSNBC, the Fox News, CNN. It's just not present there. Uh, okay, well, excepting maybe John Stossel and uh, and Judge Napolitano on Fox News, but just generally in the news. As far as the news product overall, it, it's just not there, and they do have that on Russia Today. So Adam Kokesh, who was running for, I don't remember what it was, some Senate or something like that in New Mexico, he's a former okay. member of the military and is also a member of Iraq Veterans Against the War. Is that correct? That's correct. So tell me more about this program. Well, it's going to be daily. That was what shocked me. Wow. Um, Daily, and it's, it looks like it's 7 p.m. Eastern time. So they're prime putting time. him like at the very top of the pile. Yeah, well, it's I can prime no time. longer endorse it uh, as it is 7 p.m. Eastern time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, there's something else too that is big about it that I'm not even sure the Kokesh people have thought of about yet. But this, most of the liberty programming that has come out over the last few years has been based in the United States, and so it's vulnerable to attack by the United States. Mm-hmm. But this, this Russia today, I mean, the, the, the United States government is going to be very reluctant to do anything to it. It's like Al Jazeera. You know, who, where is it located? Where do you, how do you take it down? You know, well, they do have studios in the United States, uh, but they also are international as, as well. Yeah, but, it, but it's it basically, yeah, it's an attack on Russia as opposed to an right. attack on yourself. You, you know, attacking yourself is pretty easy to just kind of mm-hmm. brush off, but uh, if you're shutting down Russian media, that's an entirely different uh, ballgame. I think, I think it's great news. Uh, really, uh, I don't know Adam Kokesh very well, but I've met him a couple times. He seems like a nice guy. I, I'm not I sure. like his ideas on a lot of things. Yeah, I'm not sure how principled he is. But I'm, I bet you he's mostly, you know, in that direction, and he's he's not an ugly guy, so he'll work. I think he'll work well on TV. You like him, Ian? No, I didn't say that. No, should, should I? Dale might. I'll, I'll check him out. Get, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying I'll check him out if he's not ugly. Off. What? Uh, did, what is your role going to be? You said you were hired. So what are you going to be doing yeah, for the show? Well, I mean, it was just a, I, it was just this contract, you know, to to spread the news about the show existing. So it probably only last. Week, oh, I see. I thought they were going to have you do uh, some reporting or something like that. So, is it like going to oh, be a no, talking no, head just, show? Just some PR. But it sounds like, well, you know, I don't know that much detail about how the show is going to look. There's a mm. video that was just posted today. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. I think Gary Franchi interviewed him about it, and so that will probably have more details. Um, if you go to ReadlyReport.com, then it, it's all over my latest videos, the, the details of what's going on, or at least links to the details, which I haven't even had a chance to absorb yet. 
Great news, Dave. I'm glad uh, glad to hear that. The more liberty-oriented programming that can get out there in, the, in different venues, the better. And obviously, television is the most difficult of them all because of the, the costs. It's an incredible cost to put together a TV program uh, from scratch. If you've got a local cable access channel, it makes it a lot easier. But even then, it's still costly in the amount of time uh, that that you have to invest. You have to invest time in learning the equipment, unless you've already got training. In this case, Dave, you've, you're a professionally trained videographer. But most of the people in this movement are not. And so they kind of have to learn this stuff from scratch if they really want to get involved. And you know, on top of that, most people don't have the amount of activists in their area who could work together on a television program uh, we're only just now seeing that uh, come to fruition here in in the Keene area. There was one a little while back, but it kind of dropped off uh, the radar, and it takes a real consistent effort. Even if you can get the people together, they have to keep hacking at it week after week. And as you're saying, this is daily, so I presume that means they must have hired him uh, to do this. Yes, I mean, that's my assumption. Yeah, that's great news. Yeah, that's well, good news. Thing- it strikes me as interesting. I, I tend to think, in, you know, when, you, when I think of media, I think in terms of like like layers of defense, where you have like the frontline media that they're most likely to get arrested, like Adam and Pete. <laughs> and then you've got me, who you know I'm not really trying to get arrested, so they arrest them. Then I have a story about them getting arrested, but they arrest me. Well, the year's still there, but if they arrest all the, you know, are they stopped in some way? All the pro-liberty media in the United States, they can't stop Russia today. So that. That's what makes this situation a change, and it, I think it has made – it will probably make us all a little bit safer. Well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate your call tonight, and uh, thanks for the heads up on that. Looking forward to checking it out, I'm sure, via YouTube or something like that since it's competing with our program. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And again, Russia Today does have an American studio. Clearly, that's where – this guy is going to be doing this program. Uh, so he's not going to be traveling to Russia in order to put this program together. So I suppose Davis sort of right and a little incorrect on that in that, yeah, they could do something to the American wing of Russia today. But for the rest of the channel, they wouldn't be able to touch it. That much is true. I think that uh, they, they're even more insulated simply by their, the fact that they're international in nature. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, they have studios in South America. They have a studio in Russia, of course, which is their home base. And the American studio, I was reading, doing some research on it actually recently, um, the American studio doesn't operate 24-7. The American studio just produces certain shows, like this Adam Kokesh show. Mm -hmm. So they have certain products that are like Russia Today American-based, and they they do those shows from there. So the whole operation is is structured, I believe, uh, primarily out out of Russia. It sounds like a it sounds like a great opportunity for him. Yeah, absolutely, and the distribution is incredible. I mean, Russia today, their distribution model is something that I you know I, I envy or emulate or would like to emulate because they're up on thirteen satellites nationwide. They broadcast free to air to every single continent in this country or the uh, the world rather. Everyone who spends a couple hundred bucks could receive their channel on on their television set. It's incredible. So more coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me, Mark Edge? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey this November. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're about $600 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Yeah! 
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So head over there. Enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. And uh, those features include our webcam, by the way. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com to watch, to listen, and to interact. Because our chat room is built in to the very same page. Just go to cam.freetalklive.com to do it. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacs, and X2s. They're all 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. They also have customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right. So uh, we, of course, will continue to take your phone calls about what you want. We were talking about Russia today as, I guess, an, a less biased alternative to maybe even incredibly uh, skeptical alternative to the other uh, news agencies yeah, I don't out know there. that I'm going to prepare to call it less biased. I don't know what their biases are, but I would say that they offer a point of view that is unlike what we normally get offered. How about this? The They're not pro-American state. Okay. They may not be anti-state overall. Who knows what they think about the Russian government? I haven't watched the channel long enough to see whether they are very critical of the Russian government. They, they certainly are funded by the Russian government. Is that true? Uh, that's my understanding. I've never seen any uh, any proof of that. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it were true. But then again, it's a pretty professional operation. I mean, I guess you could say that NPR does a good job as well. But then again, they're mostly not funded by the government. NPR is 90% funded by its donors and only 10% funded by the government. So I'd be very interested to find out if that claim is true, Mark, if you could somehow uh, verify that. Well, it's the first sentence of the Wikipedia article. RT is previously known as Russia Today as a global multilingual television news network based in Russia and funded by the Russian government. Do hmm. you think that that's uh, in any way equivocal? It's interesting. I'm, I'm curious as to uh, to how well funded that uh, that is. Uh, it doesn't say funded in part yeah. by the Russian government. Hmm. 1-800-259-9231 is the number. Uh, now, Russia Today, as I mentioned, has incredible distribution. I mean, it is up as Al Jazeera as well. Al Jazeera English uh, and Russia Today English because they also have non-English versions. But uh, these these channels are available worldwide across uh, free-to-air satellites. And we actually do that here on on Free Talk Live with the Liberty Radio Network. Our little what was an internet stream is is also available across the country, uh, across North America, actually. Canada, U.S., Mexico. This signal blankets the entire North American continent. And it doesn't cost a whole lot of money to do that. Um, at this point, I can't really afford to take it beyond uh, North America, but at, at some point, you know, once I've got enough money to throw around, I mean, all I do with the profits I make at this business is reinvested into the movement. That much so, is true. AMP could help with that, though. Yes, AMP could help with that. That is one of the intentions with the Free Talk Live AMP program is eventually to expand the LRN.FM uh, signal to other continents. Um, but, you know, right now it's just not there. It's it's kind of been a little static on the amount of money that we've been receiving due to the down economy. People are having a more difficult time uh, contributing. But nonetheless, just 
kind of for the vision of what is possible. Um, I'd love to emulate what Russia today is doing. I mean, I certainly don't have deep pockets like the Russian government. Uh, but on the other hand, it's probably only several thousand dollars a month to have international distribution like that. I know that uh, you know we're, we're paying under a grand a month for, I can't say exactly what the amount is because I agreed not to, but we're paying less than $1,000 a month, significantly less than $1,000 a month for full nationwide or inter, you know, full uh, North American coverage of, of the, uh, the free-to-air signal. And that means that anybody with a cheap receiver and a cheap satellite dish can receive that signal 24 hours a day. They could hook that up to a transmitter. They could rebroadcast that signal. It really makes it possible for an you know, unknown amount of uh, listeners to tune into, or in the case of Russia Today, viewers, to tune into the signal because they're both television and radio channels up there. You were saying? Well, I was just, you know, when... The, the delivery of uh, free-to-air, it's big in, in Europe. It's not particularly big in the United States. Just not a lot of people are... It is big. I would pay three times as much to get on a European hot bird, which is one of the uh, the names. Each each satellite has a different code name, basically. And we're up on Galaxy 19 in North America. And in, in Europe, it's hot bird is where the big uh, channels are. Uh, but getting up there would be huge because there's something like 170 million people in Europe that have free-to-air systems. So there are a lot but of, but there's a lot of channels too. There are a lot of channels yeah. there too, but but most of them are crap. And again, uh, this is a, a cheap receiver and no monthly fee for right. the user to listen. Yeah, thanks for making that right. clear. Okay. That's what free to air means. I mean, everybody's used to the old antenna system. You know, the old rabbit ears you used to put up on top of your TV set. That's free to air as well, right? Those broadcasters right. Are, are footing the cost of what it costs to transmit on the airwaves. This is the same thing. It's just just coming from a satellite uh, going straight down to Earth. And free to air was digital long before the you know your local rabbit ears had. Uh, had gone digital and so it's a very effective method i think for delivering content it's neat stuff yeah i when i saw it i wasn't impressed with the uh, the channel offerings oh no it sucks which is why that which is why we would be outstanding i think or we are outstanding in the in the channel offerings because most of them are a bunch of religious channels and or foreign language channels so if you are from a different country and you know, from a different culture or whatever, from a different language, and you move to uh, the United States, you're likely somebody who would get a free-to-air system because you can get Arabic channels and, and Japanese channels and, chi- and Chinese channels on there. And that kind of allows those folks to have a connection back home. You know, like the national Chinese NHK channel is up there and all kinds of stuff that we couldn't understand. It's all there. Yeah, and, it's there. And that's really valuable for people of an international sure perspective. I wouldn't downplay it for that at all. And plus, if you, if you think about it, obviously, I would be interested in, you know, getting the signal in, in Australia and Europe because there's a lot of English speaking folks there. But I wouldn't necessarily say no to being on in Asia. I mean, if I just had the money to throw at it, just to, just to put it on in Asia, put it on in Africa as well, um, simply because... Some people remember we've had a guy's call from China before saying oh, yeah. they've listened in, uh, they they've listened to the show on the internet because they wanted to hear people speaking English. They're trying to learn English, they're trying to practice their English, and they wanted to hear people speaking it. And so I think that would be interesting to you know put the put this an English speaking uh, radio program on in these other non English areas. Probably wouldn't be the most effective way uh, to get the word out about freedom, but people would listen. And you got countries like Cuba, where satellite sales are, uh, you know, they're completely underground. There are, it's illegal to receive anything besides the, you know, the state approved <laughs> monopoly video service. So you might imagine that uh, 
something like free-to-air satellite is fairly big underground. We actually read an article about how satellite installations are a fairly big black market activity. Because remember, anytime you prohibit a product or service, if there's a demand in the marketplace for that product yep. or service, someone is going to take the risk that it takes to deliver that product. And, the, and definitely TV is something that people want. Yeah, absolutely right. So anyway, if you want to help us with that, uh, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com. Three bucks a month is the only, you know, the only thing that we're asking here. It's, it's a completely voluntary option for you. You can continue to enjoy the website for free. But if you like the idea of expanding Free Talk Live, getting us not only on local talk radio stations, which we're doing fairly, uh, fairly well at. Um, in fact, we've actually got other news to announce in the satellite world, and we'll be doing that very soon. Uh, but, uh, but besides that, if you want to help get Free Talk Live internationally covered, the AMP program can help with that. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. Plus you get a lot of perks. That's right. You get perks like the uh, access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, the AMP-only podcast, and as I mentioned, 3 bucks a month, any major credit card through PayPal or Visa or MasterCard right on the website. So you know, they're pr- I think this, that's a pretty big plan, right, to go international with uh, the – most probably pure message of liberty that you can find on the internet. It's a big plan. Deliver into people's ears and eyes that uh, you know don't have the access maybe to the internet because satellite goes everywhere. Internet doesn't. That's an important point. Cause somebody might say, "Well, you got the internet. You don't need satellite." That's not true. Uh, internet. You have to pay for everybody that listens, like everybody that tunes into the stream. That costs, costs you bandwidth. Money, yeah. And satellite, you just pay one flat fee, and then you can have an unlimited number of receivers. Any, anybody that can see the, the sky, where the bird is, unless there's like a bunch of trees around, you can, uh, you can receive the signal, which I think is pretty cool. It is. Yeah. So 800-259-9231. But the good news is the Internet's popularity is bringing the cost of satellite transmissions down. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And don't forget, if you want to help support this program, go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get a list of things you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country and bring more internet listeners on board. Again, promote.freetalklive.com. Of course, we'll take your calls about absolutely anything. Uh, but today, Dale, you made a big decision. I think you actually made it last night, late last night. Yeah, um, it's, it's funny how it kind of hit me suddenly. I guess there were a few things... On Facebook that I don't want to go into detail about that just kind of I realized that there were people seeing all everything that I was doing and and stuff like that that was just just suddenly made me very uneasy hmm. and and that was just the start of it it what's it's also the accumulation of just sort of a feeling of of like almost obsessive compulsive disorder about Facebook where you're just 
there's a there's an information overload factor, yeah. and you feel like you're going to miss something if you're not scouring it, you know. And then I find have, myself constantly going there just to see what's been posted, right? And so there's that aspect of it of just the sense of it being so much information, and 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 a lot of it I'm interested in. So of course, you know, I I don't want to miss stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. that, so there's that aspect of it, but there's also the fact that it's so pervasive in the sense of it's it's there's so many people on it and that and so and it's so it is useful there's a there's a lot of utility to it that it becomes the thing that everyone uses for everything i mean it's it's become i mean it's just ubiquitous in it has sense. become that way and it has done so and in that, a fairly short period of time yes like a couple of years it's really been on the rise in the last couple of years in, in the liberty movement for me at least that's been and, my and there's an increasing number of people myself included now who are becoming uncomfortable with the way it works and the and the and the, the way it just sort of in, gets into everybody's business in a lot of int- in a lot of intricate ways and ties everybody together in this weird way. Uh, this made me very uneasy, and and I think as more people do that, when people decide that they're going to do everything through Facebook, it's going to start excluding people. Um, We've seen that or, happen, you know, uh, here in in Keene, of course. We're part of the Free State Project. All three of us made the move here to New Hampshire in order to get uh, active for liberty with other people that are of a similar mindset. And sometimes folks will show up in in Keene, and they'll be brand new. and And I'll ask them, you know, hey, do you have a do you have a Facebook uh, yeah, account? Sure. And some of them will say no, and and I'll and I'll be a little bit uh, yeah, what do we do? surprised, wow. like, oh crap, how do we include these people in uh, in what's going on? And <laughs> and you know, of course, we do have other options, right? It's yes. not just Facebook. And I think you're right. It's there are really internet important. forums. There's email. There's 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 other a lot of internet things. I'm not giving up the internet. No, it's really um, important to have those other alternatives that you're talking about because if you get too reliant on the, just the one service, I mean, as nice and convenient as that is, that's also the problem with it. Is it's so convenient that if that's all you rely on to organize something, then what if that goes away? Then it's like you know there, somebody being without their smartphone or something yeah, like that. My that's God, that's another thought. That's what another would we thought, do you know? without Facebook? What if it got <laughs> shut off tomorrow? Right, and that's that's the other thing. I mean, that this whole becoming incredibly dependent on it. Uh, there, there's that the idea that it could just go away, and then people would be like, "Blah, I don't know what to do." But the other thing is, like, like I said, that more and more people are becoming uncomfortable with it and not wanting to do it. I know several people who have unplugged from Facebook, mm-hmm. and when everyone is doing everything through Facebook, those people are essentially not finding out about stuff. And I and I would like for people well, to use it with the understanding that not everyone does. And uh, well, so don't just completely rely on it. You so know? I'm, I'm really concerned about, what about my goats in Farmville? They could die without my attention. <laughs> That's right. They could die. <laughs> I've got they little virtual goats that I've, I've, I've become very attached to. You know, I've been gradually unplugging from Facebook uh, quite a bit over time. I've, I altered my privacy settings. I, you know, I was really, I've been really careful always to be... To keep really private things out of there, you know, I don't put my I don't put my birthday and things like that. I don't want that to be too public knowledge because that is actually an identity theft issue and things like that. But yeah, I, I, I absolutely that. think it's insane to put your birthday on Facebook. Well, I've got one it. on there. Yeah. It's just not my birthday. Right, Sometimes yeah. people will dig around and find it and then wish me. Uh, I don't know how they do it because I don't have it displayed either. But you know, whatever. I, I you exactly know. put a wrong one if you put one. You know, yeah. and um, 
So that's an that's an issue, and I think mine's wrong too on there. So people, if they do manage to dig up and find it, even though I think I have it hidden. So then so, for you, it's not because some people are paranoid about it. Like they believe I, that the CIA is behind it, and that's not. I don't your think reason. the CIA is behind it, but I am sure that that I mean there there's been cases where where people have been issued subpoenas and things. You know that, that they've used Facebook in ways that it, it, like kids with their alcohol it, in their hands or something like that. Yeah, there, well, there's all ki- yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that's that's happened and. And it's and it's such a, a, a an incredible resource for anyone, not necessarily a government, but it could be government as well, certainly. Uh, but anyone who wants to get some dirt on someone or just kind of find out things about their personal lives, figure out where they're going and what their regular schedule and aren't routine ways, are, and aren't there ways to use it without uh, you know just just cutting it all off? I yes, mean, yes. I'll agree um, with you that the, but it the, takes discipline. I am right? unplugging right now. I'm not completely, I haven't deactivated my account. I am on, I'm in the process of like making my privacy settings way, way more well, and but, all that stuff. I mean, but, Facebooking is a networking tool and in, in a business like you, you're in, you do Prometheus Unchained, which yes, is at, that's uh, your radio show. Flaming, and I, and I, and if I, if I stay no, no, on, flamingfreedom.com. Yeah. Sorry, flaming, sorry so, go ahead and Flamingfreedom.com. <laughs> you want to be able to market that to people. You want people to be able to find out about that. Facebook is right. a great method for, for having things like that happen. That's one of the reasons you have to be it's a, there. It's a great system for being invited to events. Uh, one thing that I found here in New Hampshire is that people will invite me to events that I would not otherwise be invited to. I may or may not want to go. I get a lot of invites to a lot of things that I'm not interested in, but at least I have the option. I think it's yeah. good for those things. I'll agree with you that there's some disturbing stuff about people's interactivity, the time they spend, and especially these gosh darn games that I am currently right <laughs> now uh, playing on Facebook. I have them all blocked. I, I think that it's uh, – well, that's the thing to do is that mm-hmm. if you don't play the particular game, block it because why the heck do you want to know about how many goats oh, yeah, somebody scores is? People's... That's one thing. I've been over time blocking more and more stuff. I don't see any of that crap now. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't ever – I, I blocked I those for games some time, a long yeah. time ago. I feel good that I never got into the games because I'm there often enough. Like I'm yeah. just like I'll, I make phone calls all day for uh, to, to talk radio stations. Yeah. And, and when so, you're in between the talking, you can yeah, when look I'm on at hold. Facebook. <laughs> when I'm on yeah. hold, oh, well, what's what's going on, on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely, it's essentially How's my sheep doing in the farm. Yeah, right. Well, the, the, and and you're right. What you're doing is you're pointing out that there's utility to it, and I agree with that. I feel like the downside is worse for me at least, and. I am, uh, and again, I'm looking at all that and thinking, not everyone does all that. So when people are doing, if if there's events going on and they're only promoting it through Facebook and stuff, I'm I'm gonna stop hearing about it because I'm unplugging. I might. Uh, what I have thought of doing is staying, keeping my account there, but just literally delete all my friends, not keep any friends. Just be, just do that. Just, just get on there to post radio show. Yeah, just to post notices about the radio show. Maintain group, my, and I do my comic. I have a comic page as well. Facebook.anarchyinyourhead.com and Facebook. Uh, Facebook.flamingfreedom.com. So those are two groups that I maintain, and uh, and I'll do that probably um, to some extent. But I've also got my co-host who can do stuff like that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, put them to work. So we'll see exactly. And I, and I'm thinking <laughs> those groups can go on even if I deactivate my account. So I was going to give that a try. Actually, I have not completely unplugged from Facebook yet. I deactivated for a brief moment, and then I got back on and thought, no, I'm going to try and clean up my account first, mm. like crank way down on my privacy settings, and and just get the word out, explain to people what I'm doing, uh, and try and you know just say, look, a lot of people are doing this. Um, here's why. Because um, I knew everyone would freak out, and sure enough, I got back on and saw some posts. Like, Where's Dale? What happened to Dale? Oh my God! Did the CIA get him? You know, <laughs> just crazy stuff. And so um, I thought, okay, I'm going to write a note, explain what I'm doing, and I'm going to 
prune most of my friends right away if I don't know them really well. Like if I don't know them, see them on a regular basis, or talk to them, or or sp- have spent years with them, whatever, I pretty much have deleted them, and um, and, and I'm pretty planning to delete all of them. So that's that's the plan right now. There's also other news. Seems about- rash to me. You think? I do, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that it's okay to take a break. I mean, maybe I he'll come okay back. I think it's okay to take a break. Well, maybe, uh, lots of people well, do that. Maybe you don't have come to back. shut the whole account down. He's not shutting the account down. That's what I he's might, talking about I'm, doing. I'm, he's I'm talking may. about you know, get, getting rid of all the friends. The, net, the networking capability of Facebook is tremendous. It fi- I find out about things I wouldn't otherwise find out about. I, I know. Great show, I understand. Show prep. I, but I, I can also understand, you know, Don't you think it's funny that you're like, you seem terribly concerned that I won't not have Facebook? I think that, well, I He's justifying it. I'm not justifying it. Anything. I'm telling you Justifying that Justifying your own behavior. I, I think that uh, you might That's be what scares me. Rash. That's what scares me is that like, you act like it's this like a horrible, <laughs> terrible thing that I would stop using Facebook. I, and, I, th- and, I think and, it would be a horrible, terrible thing if you stopped using anything that was good in your life. If you were going to say, well, I'm going to stop using my car and start using only a bicycle... I probably would have talked to you about some of the disadvantages of doing so. But like a lot of technology, but like a lot of technology, it is a double-edged sword. I mean, it is very useful for the things you're talking about, organizing events and networking. On the other hand, it is also a huge, it can be a huge time sink. So it takes a real discipline uh, to use it. And if the only way you can discipline yourself in using it is to not really use it, then that's the right right thing to do. I had to do something similar with a free keen form. But let's talk about alternatives to Facebook uh, coming up in your experiences. And now it's time for Letty's Easter Countdown, the part of the radio show where Letty comes out and counts down. It's 20 days until Easter. Finding hidden Easter eggs on Easter morning is fun. Finding the ones you missed on Memorial Day isn't. This has been Larry's Easter Countdown. Tune in tomorrow for another Easter message. Veggie Tales presents Twas the Night Before Easter. Get ready to celebrate the season and discover what helping others is really all about. I've been working on an Easter-themed musical. Up with bunnies. We need a star. Cassie Cassava. She's big time. It's an all-new Easter adventure full of bunnies, music, and love. Featuring American Idol finalist Melinda Doolittle as Cassie. Helping one another. Veggie Tales was the night before Easter. Available at Walmart, Family Christian stores, and retailers everywhere. Own it today on DVD. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Main feature of the website allows you to control the content. You find something online that you think is interesting, you submit it as show prep, and then it pops up on the site. And what we call the upcoming stories queue, which are stories that are submissions... That just yeah, they just haven't gotten enough votes yet because it's a voting system. You get to register whether you like or dislike each item on the site and or you know whichever ones you're interested in. And the most voted up of those items will make it – they'll be promoted to the front page, meaning more people will see them. We're more likely to see them talk about them. It's a social networking bookmarking experience that is not as addictive as Facebook, 
um, you can go to free, freetalklive.com because there's not really much of a social aspect. It's just a voting kind of system. And what's what we've been talking about the last, uh, the last segment, for those of you just tuning in for this new hour, uh, has been Facebook. And Dale is here tonight talking about how he is fed up, sick and tired of the addiction aspect to Facebook. You make it sound – you make my feelings about it sound stronger than they really are. I don't like it personally. Maybe I, I, it's my, maybe I'm pro, uh, projecting. Uh, I, well, my own that's onto cool. Yours. I mean, I, I guess I just kind of it's it's more like I just kind of like I like I don't I just don't want to I just don't want to use it anymore. I'm just kind of I'm, I'm more I'm kind of burned out of it. That makes than, sense. That burned out of it, it. Like I said, it feels kind of it feels kind of OCD. Like, yeah, I would like agree. I, like I like you know I'm just like it's it, um it's one of those things that you there's times when um. You do something and you think you're it's fun at first. It's really fun at first. And then after a while you realize it's work and you don't and you just feel compelled to do it. And it's not that it's fun anymore. It's just feel like I feel compelled to do this. And and it's just it what it just comes down to for me is that the ben, that the there are still benefits and utility to it that I realize I'm having to give up and I mm-hmm. and I'm going to miss it. But I feel like the the downside is worse than that. Well, I've I, I've done the the same thing. You know, temporary reprieves from social networking sites. You know, there's there's LinkedIn and MySpace and Facebook. Of course, is the big granddaddy of them all. And you know, I mean, you certainly you feel a, a sort of a, a, a feeling of, you know, that you do like, you know, when you really like something, like a sort of addictive feeling, like mm. you a craving, a jonesing for it uh, there for a, for a while. And, eh, you know, after a while you forget about it and, you know, then the, the plane rides over and you can start accessing it again right there when you get back in the airport. And it's fine. Mm. So for me, uh, it has been. It has been a little bit of a frustration, but then again, when I reflect, I mean, I like Facebook. I like all of the benefits that it provides. I like the uh, the interaction between people that normally I wouldn't get the opportunity uh, to interact. Really, I mean, old old friends, etc. Although it's mostly people that I know currently; those are usually the folks that I I deal with. But I can uh, easily contact them and invite them to events and things like that. And so, for an activism movement. Facebook's an incredibly useful tool. On the other hand, it is a big time sink, and I do find myself there way more often than I would like to be. But if I reflect back pre-Facebook, because I think I've only been on Facebook since 2008. I was certainly not an early adopter. I, I wasn't either. I, was... I came on because that's where people were. Somebody accused me in uh, the, the NH Free Forum, uh, somebody who I respect, actually, accused me of like leading people to Facebook. And I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. I, 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 I came that. to Facebook because that's yeah, where I people wasn't were. Do, I, was, right. uh, you know, I was pissed that uh, I had to open a My, MySpace account. First, right. I didn't want to do that. And then you're telling me I've got to open another one of these? Come yeah. on. That's how yeah. That's exactly how I felt. Well, I, I, I was under a lot of pressure to do it, and the reason I did it initially, I still remember this. The reason I finally got on was because um, I was my understanding. I, I it sounded like something that would be great for promoting my comic, and that's why I did it initially. And then, and then I got more involved in other ways, but that was my initial reasoning for it. Yeah, I don't you know? really. <sighs> and the and the and the comic fan page has grown quite a bit since then, and all, and it's and it's and it's good it's, for that. There's no doubt. I mean, you can't ignore the fact that Facebook probably, is the number but, two website on the internet. I don't know. Maybe Google. I'm not using it right, but I haven't really gotten tremendous. I mean, there's like uh, there. It's not in the thousands. My fans on there are not thousands. They're mm-hmm. in the hundreds. Um, and so if you look at the amount of traffic on anarchy in your head it's it's a lot more than what could be accounted for from that little club of course facebook. i mean not everybody's so on facebook in the big scheme of things it doesn't look that big considering how much effort i've put into you know 
Facebook over the years. You know? Well, not everybody's on Facebook, and uh, not everybody on Facebook is going to be a, a fan of uh, of the page that would otherwise be, or yeah. even if they're aware that the page you exists. You know, I've got to say, I, I, I'm, I'm still a big fan. The, uh, the fact is, my cat was having a health issue recently. Mm-hmm. I went on, I posted on Facebook, I got a really, a whole bunch of useless information out of it. People trying to psychoanalyze my cat and all kinds of stuff, including Dale. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I remember and, that. And <laughs> actually, a veterinarian's assistant came on, solved my problem. Lickety split. Wow. I didn't have to pay the hundred and fifty dollars it would have taken or whatever to take the cat mm. to the vet. The guy comes on and solves my problem. Facebook. How, how, how is, off was I? Um, it, it, the in that particular, in, I don't know is oh, okay. basically the short answer. The cat's still, still having some pottying issues. However, the largest issue was the fact that I put a top on the uh, the cat litter box, and apparently that uh, made him so upset that he went pee in his food. If you can imagine how oh. upset you have to be. <laughs> in your own oh, food i mean this is this is pretty upset about a top to a cat box yeah but i uh, you know so cats can be very very picky about yeah. this particular aspect Little bastards he's still uh, now and then leaving little presents here and there mm. um but he's not the <laughs> kitty the, bonbon the, the pp is not an issue any longer yeah. so um and it's just it's kind of a rarity you know really he, does he doesn't feel like he's getting attention it's not facebook's fault Right, I mean, they've made an incredible platform that is incredibly useful, and also some things are their fault because a lot of the, there's a lot of things about Facebook that are turning off a large number of people because of Facebook and the way they. Well, you mean like it. the privacy issues and things. Privacy, like Privacy, the fact that the information that goes in there never ever goes away. Um, the the way the interface is set up to make it, you know. Like, you know, all it takes, if you deactivate your account, all it takes is for you to just log in one time. And if you have, like, an auto login set up in your computer mm-hmm. and everything, then it's you're right on. back. You're right back on again, and everything's back, clicked back on. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it kind of reminds me of, like, these things you would, sub- you used to, you'd subscribe for some service or a magazine or something, and they would make it extremely difficult to, to get out. I get you, Dale. And but, all it, that. but ultimately, and, and with the, any drug you know, addiction, it's not the dealer's fault. It's not the manufacturer's fault. Well, if you're talking it's about the, the, the addictiveness of it, sure. That's what, I'm, that's I'm saying, what but I'm saying the problems problem that are with Facebook, the, pro- the problems that it has with privacy issues. I'm not worried about with, that with because content never going away. It's up, and again, no, no. Access. Again, it's your responsibility what you put on that Facebook. The idea mm-hmm. that Facebook is uh, is not private is just – I think that's nonsense because you can sign up with nonsense if you want to. If you want to, you can create a fake Facebook account. I know that's true because people on the freaking uh, – blog because we recently flipped the comments at free keen a few months ago flipped them from the built-in wordpress comment system to a facebook only comment system right and the reason i did that was because there was a lot of trolling that was going on and because i was hooked on the the comments so it was really something for me as well because there was a lot of just battling with the trolls and some of the other users of the site on the comments and there wasn't a lot of productivity or or useful comments being posted as a result so i figured well if we do facebook only then people will have to have their comments linked to their Facebook profile, and I knew that there was still a chance somebody would just sign up for a Facebook account with a bunch of nonsense information simply for the purpose of, uh, of leaving trollish comments, and they've done that, but at the very least, it's, it takes more effort, and they have to use the same account each time they, you know, they post a comment, and they can't just change one letter in a name or, or something like that, but my point being that if you want to stay private on Facebook, use a throwaway email address, sign up for the account with that, use you know, a fake name, use... I think, I think you know, a lot of people are doing that, yeah. but... But again, um, the, even the the usefulness of it is kind of tied to, being is kind known. of to yeah, yeah that and you know being accessible to people that know that know you and potentially to other people and and again it, the, your behavior and 
stuff that you post that's going to be very personal stays there forever and is accessible. And oh, I agree. But again, like it's that. your responsibility. That's, and that's a good thing, right? Like, you know, if, if you're behaving poorly, this gives you motivation to behave better. They give you the, the tools with which that you can restrict that privacy, and it's your choice whether it's you want to post those I'm things. I'm not talking about poor behavior. I'm talking about just that it's so that it's that it's it's is that you're i'm just it's it's tracking it all and keeping it forever but you're choosing what does the, the government care about what i'm, I'm not doing? talking about just the government i don't know what does facebook just talk care about, about what i'm doing anybody that wants to try you know someone if who can, you want privacy you've can, got to take the steps to, to have it yeah right? So it's not if Facebook. Well, I, and I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> only your friends can look at your comments, though, right? All right. I mean, so your wall. No, you can. You, no, no, no. That's not true. But you can make. I mean, you if, can set if, it that way. If you set it that way. All right. So more coming up here. What's your Facebook experience? Have you been hooked? Have you managed to get off of it? Uh, 800-259-9231. You can share with us. This is Free Talk Live. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The, the GPS, GPS Black, Black Box, Box Dash Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Talking about the ups and downs of Facebook, the most popular social networking website on the internet, nearly the most popular website on the internet with a whole bunch of users, like hundreds of millions of users, I think. I, I don't have the exact ah, who knows. count, but it's it's tremendous. And we'll continue that discussion here in moments. It's the shirt that you use most, the white dress shirt. Paul Frederick has them for you, an athletic, trim, big and tall, for nineteen ninety-five. Guys, you know, you just can't get a dress shirt that fits. I had this problem. So when, when I used to wear a dress shirt every single day of the week, well, maybe not Saturdays. I I could never get one that, that fit right because I'd always wanted to get one that was, I considered, reasonably priced. And the discount stores, whenever you get them, the, they're too tight, the, the the arms are too short, the the waist is too big. Uh, you can get the one that fits you in more than 55 sleeve, fit, and color combinations. Color, excuse me, color combinations. It, it looks like color. Uh, get free monogramming, too, if you use the coupon code TUCK, T-U-C-K, Tuck at 1995shirt.com. Coupon code Tuck, 1995shirt.com. All right, so don't forget you can join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you have Facebook and are going to continue using Facebook, you should like Free Talk Live over there. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com to find our Facebook page and click the like button. I think we're what? I think we're around 5,000. Like smart, yeah, that's, that's right. Something like that. So we're getting close to that uh, that point. Uh, so again, Facebook.freetalklive.com, or maybe you're into the Twitter thing. You can do Twitter.freetalklive.com. Also, we've got emailed updates at updates, or if you just want uh, updates.freetalklive.com, or if you just want to access all three, you can go to news.freetalklive.com to do that real quick. That's news.freetalklive.com. There's a special office chair now where you can hook up to your Twitter account that detects your flatulence and lets people know by Twitter. <laughs> And this Sounds reminds really me. expensive. <laughs> How much does it cost? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, hmm. Let me see if it's a. 
It's, I think it was a specially designed thing. I'm not sure if it's something you can just buy on it. It's not like you can go to Amazon and buy this thing, I don't right, think. Right, because it would either have to have a Wi-Fi connection in it, or it would have to be tethered to something, right? Yeah, it would have to I, have some I suspect sort of cable. it's tethered. It could be using Bluetooth technology. Mm-hmm. You never know. <laughs> well, if it was Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, then you'd have to have, be replacing batteries in it. I but don't this, know how often. But this leads me into another issue with Facebook. Another issue? Yes. Um, that uh, that's Of late, that's just absolutely driving me nuts. I mean, talk about information overload. There's just there's a degree of silliness with Facebook. People making these silly groups, like that, you know. And 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 okay, I'm, I'm guilty for you know I I went ahead and oh that's cute hit like and you do it enough and then right thunderstorms oh I like those yeah um, will I be attending uh, March the twenty second summer, yes, summer I think I'll be there summer in New Hampshire as it became an event yeah. you know and um and and it's just and and it's it's like people. Suddenly, people who who historically have had basically decent netiquette have lost the 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 sense of when you're spamming people. Mm. Well, it's you know? not really spamming if uh, well. So if Facebook put, has become a place where it's yeah, okay to spam, there, there it's is like, spam. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, the nature yeah, of Facebook. Yeah, yeah, sure. Facebook, and and it's like and it's like you know, and I and I, and, and you that's can block just, those people though. Right? I mean, you can. You I don't want to necessarily block. The you can people, tell. Though. You can tell Facebook to block only their their event requests. Like well, when they send you something, you can remove. Well, some them. of them are like some of them. I want to get. I would, you know, when I was doing it, when I'm doing Facebook, I want to get some of their stuff. I that's, don't want to block them completely. But right, in that case, that's where so a conversation you're to decide. Well, you know, right, okay, that, no, or you I, can say, "Hey, look, you're sending you're sending me." Too oh, many. believe me, I use all kinds. Of, I use you know, there's better Facebook. I've been using that, and it does make it better. I don't know what that is. Better Facebook is an add-on you can add on to Firefox and I think other other browsers as well. Uh, that will let you have more control over Facebook, and it lets you ch- tweak all kinds of options. It basically adjusts the interface and all the f- your feed. Basically, it lets you kind of control what comes, what doesn't, with the ordering, and what you can mark something red so that you never ever see it again, or you can Neat. mark it red so that you only see it the next time there's a comment. There's all that stuff, I'll and I've been using that. that. Yeah, um, I would recommend it for anyone that's going to stay on there. So we're t- we're talking but, about different aspects, you know, kind of the ups and the downs of Facebook. You've decided that you're you're paring down your account. You you may deactivate it probably. Uh, Entirely, yeah. you're in the process of doing that now, and it's a it's a pretty big decision to leave the number two website in the world. With uh, according to Wikipedia, over 600 million active users worldwide. Wow. I mean, it's just in, <laughs> incredible. Um, so it's kind of funny to me that you say oh, it's this huge decision. You know, like I'm getting divorced. You know, it's Facebook. Come on. <laughs> It is a big deal, though. Get, I mean, your, get your head out of that weird place that makes it sound like this is a huge decision. I'm kind of you know? in between the two now, of you. Now, this like, is normal life now. I mean, this is <laughs> this is normal life now. You can go and grow organic beets in your garden and live in sackcloth if you want. I don't think that but it is not doing out. Facebook should be treated like that. That's disturbing it, to me. But it is. It's disturbing to me that it's looked at yeah. like so that. So what? You could be disturbed by combustion engines, too. What are your... <laughs> it is part of I am not, I am not unplugged from the, the internet. I am an internet junkie, and I'm not going to stop being an internet junkie. And that's part of... You know? that, as I mentioned, that's my big issue we'll with We'll see you back Facebook. at Facebook. But I'm, I'm going to We'll manage, be here waiting I am yeah. going to be back at Facebook. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's this with fire a big hose. hug. There's this fire hose of information that is blasting me in the face, <laughs> and I am going to turn it and another, it I'm is just gonna, not a fire you know, hose you like of information blast in unless face. you want it to be a fire hose of information. If you want to unfriend, uh, you know, whomever it is you wish to unfriend, who's and that's fire a massive you. drama thing too. Everyone, you know, the whole, you know, I, 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 I just, I just said, look, I'm, un- I'm unfriending everyone, so don't take it personally, you know. 
And I'm not taking new friend requests. Just All right. stop. <laughs> so what I'd like to hear is your experience with Facebook. Certainly, we've all discussed uh, to a large extent how we use it and abuse it. Um, would love to hear your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Again, uh, Sickle CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk first to Larry listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hello, Larry. Hey, I got it for you. Yes, sir. I got the cure for you hmm. because, you know, I, I have a, a, some experience with being online and so forth, but any new technology is going to the lowest denominator, which is porn. That's what the Internet is all about. <laughs> it's about voyeurism, and then when they get you hooked in, you will be like a junkie. They'll first tell you you need this to keep your machine clean. It's only $10 a month. Or you need a boyfriend or a girlfriend, it's only five, and you'll be hooked on that situation, which is really nothing. Wait, you get a girlfriend or a boyfriend for five dollars a month? I, I don't yeah, huh? I don't I don't see how that anybody in their right mind Sign me up. can be can be duped <laughs> in, into that situation. Because you're going to stand around, if you're going to have it in your house, right, you're going to sit around on You're talking about the Internet or Facebook? The Internet, Facebook, I the see. whole So you're a Luddite, then. It's all connected. Would you, would you, have, would you call hey, yourself a Luddite, Larry? Larry? I don't have it in my home. Larry. Would you call yourself a Luddite? I don't know what I am, but I, I don't have the Internet. I don't have cable. I don't have a television yeah. or any of that in my home. Do you whittle, serious. Do you whittle a piece of wood? with? <laughs> the, I really don't. I, oh, you I don't, don't have it. Are you afraid of whittling too, or no? I, I oh, okay. don't have it because I know. I don't think he knows what you're asking. That I, it can be on your mind. And you <laughs> what do you do for fun? I'm an artist for a living. Oh, that's great! But, but you lose your cognition over the time that you spend on those uh, those things that, uh, that they're not real. You I lose mean. your cognition. I don't know if I would agree with that. There's some that's really not, smart people, true. Larry. Thanks that's for the call. True. I appreciate it. There are some really smart people that are on the internet. Like programmers and uh, brilliant technical geeks, IT people, people that are really, really sharp. So I don't know if you lose your cognition by using the internet. One eight hundred. Did you lose it by watching TV? I was watching the Science Channel last night. I'm like, well, this is awesome. All right, more coming up here. Your <laughs> thoughts. Welcome eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your experience with uh, Facebook, good, bad. Your thoughts are welcome. Free time. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This free talk live. You can dial in toll free and you may bring up whatever you like. We're talking about Facebook. Is it a useful social tool or is it a dangerous time sink or both? Certainly would love your thoughts at 800-259-9231 or is it something else entirely? Of course, uh, freetalklive.com is where you can go to get interactive with this program. We have various different features, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of this program, you may click and download as much as you'd like. Just go to freetalklive.com to do that. 
Uh, again, freetalklive.com, right at the top of the page, the archives section, and then you click into the archives page, and that'll take you all the way back to late 2006, courtesy of HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates, whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. Let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Use that web portal that we've created for you, hostgator.freetalklive.com, and you'll get your first month completely free. Again, it's hostgator.freetalklive.com. Again, as I mentioned, uh, Facebook is kind of the topic on the table. Of course, it is Free Talk Live. You may bring up what you like, but we'll continue with your experiences and then talk about some alternatives uh, to Facebook. Uh, But first, let's go to Ricky listening to WTAR in Norfolk, Virginia. Hello, Ricky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? I just want to talk about Facebook thing being that um, it is very addicting. I mean, every, about once a month, I've got to take at least a week or so off of it. Get hooked on it. I mean, I've called in sick to work. <laughs> Everything's trying to, you know. You know what? You called in sick to work over Facebook? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets very habit for me. Very habit for me. But the statement I really like to make is you said um, 650 million people on Facebook. Yeah, over 600 million. Yeah, or 600 million. I think that if Mark Zuckerberg would would... Would um and I I think eighty percent of the people would be willing to pay like a dollar, um you know twelve dollars a year, dollar a month, whatever. He could make um a billion dollars every couple of months. Um, He's already um, making quite a bit. Oh, of don't money. worry, they're making plenty. A- I think advertising's the way the way it is. Yeah, people but if they charge if they charged for it, they wouldn't do as well on advertising because there'd be less people using it, and then their oh, advertising yeah. wouldn't be as good. So yeah, they're not hurting for right. money. So I don't think Facebook is going to be uh, no, changing. I mean, yeah, I think he's ranked like 23rd wealthiest or 16th wealthiest person, but I think the Waltons or whatever, the Walmart people up there are number two and three, but he could easily surpass them in two years' time. Yeah, I mean, how old is this guy? In his, like, late 20s uh, or something? Well, they're saying for his age, he is the wealthiest in that age bracket, I believe it. you know, for something like that. Yep. Right. Because he's so young. The network movie was really good, too. So I've heard about that. Yeah, it, my mom very, would very say, you know, if I make if I make fun of him for for Facebook, then she'd say something like, "Oh, he'll, he's laughing all the way to the bank" or something like mm. that. <laughs> exactly. I wonder how much time I mean, he spends on Facebook every day. He's too busy having I, I, he's too big, he's does. too busy having sex with supermodels on piles of money <laughs> to be yeah, on I Facebook. He with it all. I doubt very sure he's only once a month. Now, why would you call <laughs> into work, Ricky? And uh, really, I mean, are you really that hooked on it? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I've called in work a couple times, you know, just just to call in sick or whatever, because it, you know, it gets very habit forming when you're just, you know, laying out your, you know, just making posts and stuff like that, chatting back and forth, and I, I don't see. know, it's just, to me, it got really addicted to me for a while. You know, about once a month, I usually try to take off about four or five days at a time. So, but um, yeah, try to I, take four. I, let me make sure I'm understanding. You're saying you try to take four or five days off of work, or four or five days off of Facebook. No, no, no. Four or five days off of Facebook I see. just to get away from it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say in the past um, six months, I've maybe taken off maybe six times, at least once a month. <laughs> Very good. Hey, thanks for sharing that. Anything else on your mind tonight? That's it. I appreciate your call, Ricky. Thank you, sir, at 800-259-9231. So, again, I feel like I'm kind of in between the two of you. Mark, you are a huge advocate for uh, for Facebook. Dale, you're a pretty big skeptic at this point, and I have to say that I, I feel like, well, on one hand, it is a very, very useful tool, and I, there's no way I, I can't see myself going off of Facebook because of how useful it is. But on the other hand, I also know that the real problem isn't with Facebook; it's with me and how I use technology and my addictive, um, you know, the, the, the likelihood that I will be addicted to something. So if I look back prior to Facebook, this is a point I wanted to make earlier, and I, I kind of spaced out. 
But if I look back prior to Facebook, I was still hooked on different uh, interactive technologies with other people. So, like, the NHFree.com forums uh, were real big before Facebook started to come up. And NHFree.com was a website. It still exists. But it's a site where people used to go a lot more often to do things like organizing activism and socializing. And it was pre essentially pre-Facebook. I, I visited it quite a lot. I can remember taking breaks at work quite a bit, you know, to go check it out. You know, I would do it. More you know, than just, necessary. You know. Just like uh, just like here, or just like with Facebook, when I'm working, I would be on NH Free or I would be on the Free State Project Forum or something like that. I would be doing something socially interactive on the internet, and I, I probably should have been doing something else. But then again, what else would I really do? Doodle? I mean, I'm, if I'm make on, telephone calls to radio I, stations and ask them to carry Free Talk Live. Well, there's no I, doubt. There's no but, doubt that I think the way that addictions work is that you seek out an addiction, an addiction as a way of avoiding something else, you know, as a or as a way to fill in a gap for something. Well, else, it you know? became both for me. The problem is, if I'm on hold waiting for a radio, you know, station's program director to pick up, I want to be doing something else. So I will, sure. I will go to Facebook, yeah. or I would have gone to nhfree.com, or I would have gone somewhere else. But you're right, Mark. The problem is that if I go to those places. Then I get interested in that after I hang up the phone. Oh, I got to respond to this post. Yes. And then I'll get back to another call. So, yes, right. I probably could call more places if I wasn't doing those things. It's not like Free Talk Live hasn't grown very, very well. And obviously, things are working for us. We're nearing 100 affiliates now, so that's great. But, you know, would we have 150 if it We're weren't gonna, for Facebook? I don't, I don't know. I don't think that there's a, much of a chance for that. And you've got to live the life you want to live, too. That's true. Like, All that's work an, and no play, that's right? That's an extraordinarily important part. I mean, if I were to do as I wish and lock you in a basement uh, where you're chained <laughs> to your computer and all you can do and, and your telephone and all you can do is make telephone calls to potential uh, um, you know radio talk yeah. show hosts and really more importantly every time you get drowsy an electric shock is administered to you right. then finally well, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't be uh, uh, living the life you want to live, and that's not any fun at all. That's I wouldn't want to live that way. When I when I get tired of making telephone calls to advertisers for Free Talk Live, I go upstairs, I wrestle with my son, you know, I interact with yeah. him, I do. And whatever. That's okay. It's the thing you want. It's it's what you should be doing. But it's the discipline that is the difficult part for me. It's yeah. not Facebook's fault, and that's why I was saying, yeah. like before Facebook, I had problems with the uh, the forums, and now with Facebook, I don't go on the forums as often. Although I'm on Freaking Forum quite a bit. Um, but uh, but it's just something else for me to fill that time with, and it's it's up to me to control myself and to realize, okay, spending too much time here, need to do something more productive, and that's something that honestly I struggle with uh, on a regular basis. So, mm. what about you? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. As far I find that um, I think another thing that bugs me about Facebook is that. There's people like like there's people that I get interested in on Facebook and I'm like interacting with them a lot on Facebook and trying to get to know them and everything but like really you know I'd like to meet them in person and a lot of my interaction with them I'm thinking well I'll I'll meet them in person someday I'll meet them in person someday. Mm-hmm. they'll come to Porkfest or something will happen and and uh, so I'm like maintaining this connection with them on Facebook in hopes that someday it'll be a meeting uh, uh, you know something will actually meet in person or something and and that just never seems to happen. That's and one I'm of those just, things I don't I, do. Why am I investing in trying to, yeah. you know, in this? And it's that's, like that's one of the things I don't do. And in the beginning, I felt bad about it. Like when people would send me, I mean, I'm on a national radio show, so people know, kind of hear me, and they want to, oh, there he is on Facebook. We'll send a fr- friend request. So I get friend requests frequently from people that I don't know. Yeah, I've accepted hundreds, and now I regret it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I just, you know. I had started. I started that way. Because it's information overload again. Right. So. I started that way, and then I realized that. 
when you get that news feed and it shows you what everybody's doing, like, I don't even know these people. So that right. was when I decided, I made the decision to make it so that only people that I've actually met in person, uh, for the most part, it's a general rule. I mean, I'll bend it for like people in the radio business for, for networking purposes for business or something, but it's a general rule. Only people that I met in person, uh, th- they'll be accepted. Again, I'll bend it for other things, but. Um, but the, but I, when I did that, it was good because then on my newsfeed, I only saw people that I knew, and occasionally I'll, I'd still go through and like just purge through my my friend requests, simply or not my friend requests, but my friends, and like kind of all right. Well, I haven't seen that person in a long time, so sure. you're gone too. <laughs> and uh, then drama happens, doesn't it? No, no, no? I've never had oh, okay. that happen okay. because you know you're well, not that article. important. You're there's not that article. important in their life. There's an article you might find interesting. It says, "Is your Facebook friend a spy or IRS agent?" 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Your Facebook experience, uh, have you been hooked? How did you end up breaking away? Or are you somebody who thinks it's an incredibly evil device? Or is it really, really useful? Or all of the above. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up what you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Freetalklive.com, uh, features, by the way, including archives and the wiki and the Shrine of Female listeners. We give them all away. And if you want to support the show, you can do that by shopping with us at shop.freetalklive.com. There are affiliate links there for Amazon. And when I say links, I mean multiple countries because uh, you don't want to order from Amazon U.S. If you live in Canada, we've got Amazon Canada, U.K., U.S., and Germany. Click into the one that's appropriate for where you live and then get your shopping done and feel good because Free Talk Live is going to get a portion of Amazon's profits because we sent them the business. So start your shopping through our links at shop.freetalklive.com. And the Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up just uh, this June 20th through the 26th. We're going to be there broadcasting live from Rogers Campground, beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire, with surrounded by hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people, many of whom are visiting New Hampshire uh, for the first time or coming back to uh, visit again because it's just such a great time being around people of a like mindset where you don't have to talk about the basics of the ideas of liberty in your first conversation. You can talk about all kinds of things, uh, you know, from the subtleties of the ideas of liberty to whatever. Certainly, there's all kinds of socializing that goes on at these events. Lots of fun activities, live musical performances, family fun, agorism in action, all kinds of fun stuff. And it's cheap. It's camping, so it's not like you're spending money on a hotel, although if you feel like uh, sleeping in a hotel, there are a few down the road. There's even a motel on site, but I'm pretty sure the motel is sold out uh, at this point. There are still some campsites available, and I believe some RV sites available. Porkfest.com is where you can go to get registered, P-O-R-C, as in porcupine, Porkfest, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. The early bird registration has passed, but that doesn't mean it's really expensive. It's still only 30 bucks uh, to get registered, but you can save 20% by using free talk live's discount code which is free talk live all run together as one word no spaces there so uh, use our discount code save 20 percent on your registration at porkfest.com it's my understanding over 450 people registered in the early bird phase which is more than had wow. registered it was 
more than had registered in the early bird phase last year by about 50 people, so a decent percentage more. And they closed the early bird phase earlier this year than they did last year. So the window of the early bird registration was smaller uh, this year. And so if that is any indication... Odds it are, seems like it is. Right. Odds are good that we're on track to have a bigger pork fest this year than last year. And of course, year after year, it just keeps getting bigger and more new features are added and new interesting folks show up and set up their uh, tents and sell stuff. And it's it's like a little free market for, for, a, for a full week because the cops don't mess with us, which is great. It uh, is. It's fantastic. It's yeah. such a blast. Yet. Yet, you say. Uh, well, they uh, say that every year, Mark, and uh, it, it should be interesting if the cops ever do decide to mess with Porkfest. That is the last group of people the police... I mean, that, I that and the Hell's Angels. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's so many. I mean, you know, again, the cops don't really like to get involved when they're massively outnumbered, and this is right. one of those cases where everyone around is not is not going to be... I mean, they're certainly peaceful, but they're not going to be helpful to the cops. They're not going to be, be uh, silent or placid. Like, right. they're peaceful they're, in the uh, nonviolent be, sense. They're not peaceful... In right. the um, you know they're not passive quiet. yeah yeah they're not passive exactly. right it wouldn't be hard <laughs> to surround the police vehicle if you wanted to and it really cause them some um, some difficulty yeah I, I don't know what kind of difficulty you, uh, particular you're talking about but you know just it's it the cops do like to outnumber the protesters absolutely so go to porkfest.com get registered and we will see you there Facebook is the topic at hand but you can also bring up anything you want in fact coming up there's actually news about Facebook depression we've we've been talking about addiction to Facebook and some of the negative aspects of Facebook but nobody here has really had Facebook depression we'll uh, tell you what that's all about but first we go to your phone calls about what you want Chris is in Maryland you're on free talk live with Ian Dale and Mark hello Chris hi how are you guys hey what's on your mind tonight um, well I was listening to NPR today and uh, they had an article their segment on there about the uh, NAACP and um, it was about the diversity that's coming into the organization and helping it grow uh, apparently they have a Latino head in Water, Waterbury, Connecticut, of that chapter. And they had a quote by one of the heads of a black Baptist church in Waterbury. Um, and this Baptist uh, preacher's name is uh, Withers, Withers, but I can't remember his full name. But here's the quote, uh, as best I can remember it. And I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on it. Um, is that all right? Yeah, right here. Go ahead. Okay. Um, he said that um, the NAACP is a primar- uh, primarily black organization and that it should focus on black issues because black issues are different not only in degree but in kind from Latino, gay, and other issues. And to me, I, I don't see it being a black and white or gay issues. I think it's all human issues, but I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Well, I, I think that so, you know, that race in America is a complicated uh, issue and I wish they'd all just go away. Mm. It's the reason that I have decided to shoe race. I don't have one. I've just, uh, you know, it, it, I've been told that these things are largely uh, based on what people's opinions are about themselves. Certainly people will uh, look at me and they'll likely decide uh, that I have a race. They'll assign one to me. Um, but for myself, I'm just not going to use that terminology anymore. And I hope more people continue to, to 
to. I won't fill out any government forms, any forms whatsoever, giving my race, except when it comes to the uh, the blood bank. They need to know it for purposes of of uh, you know separating blood. So they need to know whether or not I'm Hispanic of any sort. Um, I guess there's some kinds of some something in your blood that they care about there. So they've convinced me that it might be a good idea for them. But, you know, I, I do think that there are issues in America that face largely black people. I don't think the NAACP has been on the right side of those issues, uh, personally, um, every issue, every time. But I can see their point there. I think that a lot of white, pe- white people, you know, if you want to use that terminology, they kind of view races. Look, we've done our very best. And... You know, that whatever, the, 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 you know, we, we've reached the finish line here. Like the finish line is, is long past and these issues have been addressed as best as we, if you, uh, you know, want to use that terminology. I, I've never owned anybody. So I, you know, as far as the slavery issues go, please don't put that uh, whole ownership of slaves on me. You know, they, they feel like it's all over and that there's not much more to address for them. I think a lot of black people, whether it's a good, whether it's good or bad, still have a lot of residual bad feelings ab- about being, you know, in a minority. Certainly, they've been treated badly because of their minority, but uh, minority status. But I think, to some extent, they sort of live in a prison in their minds because of that minority status too. I think it's half and half. Know. I don't know if you really addressed the uh, the question. The question was more about uh, you know a statement made uh, regards to Hispanics uh, being involved in the NAACP. The NAACP is a club, and they can exclude or include anybody they want. They can, um, and they they you know they should do whatever makes them happy. And clearly, they have been kind of um, I, I guess pigeonholed into being an organization for for black people over the years. Uh, but then again, they do call themselves the National Association for Colored uh, People which is kind of, you know, using an old term that you know, my grandmother used to call uh, black people colored. Yep, yep. And so it would seem that if they wanted to be more inclusive, that they would want to uh, welcome others into their organization. And maybe this was just that one guy. Maybe it's not representative of the, uh, the entire organization. You were, you were saying this was just one preacher in one location. So it's certainly not a national statement, right? Correct. He was uh, responding to the fact that... Uh the NAACP has been embracing Latino and gay issues. I, I say good for them. I mean, expand their, uh, seem, their reach. I mean, it seems good, and that you know, it, it would also help them to sort of you know form bridges with other people that might can help, might be able to help support them on their issues and things like that. I think there are times when organizations outlive their usefulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what comes to mind is the the Southern Poverty Law Center and the National Organization of Women. These two organizations, in my mind, have outlived their usefulness, and I think to some extent the NAACP has too. If they're addressing issues of Latinos and gays, then I feel like they're, you know, <laughs> they're not focusing on, in fact, what their mandate is, and they're focusing on new things. Is that good or bad? I tend to feel like when an organization, like an organization should be around as long as it needs to be around, and then it should go away. That when these, these old dinosaurs, uh, you know, stick around, look mm-hmm. at what the Southern Poverty Law Center is doing now. They used to be about uh, getting equal, legalized, you know, 
attacking um, discrimination from a legal standpoint in this country. Now they're worried about who's a patriot, and they're part of they're funded by the um, the Department of Homeland Security. I mean, this is it's disgusting. Chris, thanks for the call and the question. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. Alternatives to Facebook. Some people are getting pretty fed up with it. What can be done to organize outside of Facebook? Where are we getting too hooked, too dependent on this one website for getting together and set, you know creating events and things like that? Also, Facebook depression. Apparently, it's a problem with some teenagers. Uh, we'll explain to you what it is here in a little bit. It's Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want as we launch into the third hour of the program. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Joining you tonight in the studio, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Once again, freetalklive.com. Main feature allows you to control the content of the site. You can go there. When you find something on the internet that you think is interesting, you want to share it with our listeners, you submit it as show prep, and then other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestions. You get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site, freetalklive.com. Facebook has been the subject of the majority of the conversation here in the last hour or so. For those of you just tuning in, uh, Dale has decided and uh, has made the, uh, the choice that he is done for the most part with Facebook. He is paring down his friends list, going to eliminate all of his friends uh, off of Facebook and only keep the account around basically so you can continue to maintain your your pages uh, for your... I'm going to give it a shot. It may not be necessary. I'm not sure that it's... I'm not absolutely certain it's necessary. Like I said, uh, I I have a co-host on uh, Prometheus Unchained who is on Facebook and he could maintain that. I see what you're saying. Pretty well and... But as you pointed out, you can't even delete the account. Facebook just allows you to deactivate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to- you can only deactivate it, and it's all it takes is one little slip up, and it gets reactivated. But you know, you, if you just log in, which you know, again, a lot of browsers, mine included, has this auto login setup that you can turn on, and and you could be, you know, you could have the page open. And then just click enter, and you're logged in, and it's reactivated. You know? So you're frustrated with a number of issues uh, with Facebook. Uh, you know, there's the privacy issue. There's the fact that you sink a lot of time into it. Information um, overload. Right. Spam. <laughs> uh, the spammy nature of it. It almost seems to encourage people to be spammy. You know, yeah. people who might have previously been had some pretty decent netiquette in terms of how they interacted online and and respected people's sort of time and their. And their frustration with tedious stuff to deal with, and and it's very, it's and it seems to almost encourage spammy behavior. And I've seen that lately, where it's just gotten to to a level of silly. Have you ever you had know? Facebook depression? However, I do not think so. According to CBS Boston, uh, this is something that is affecting young people uh, in that are that are using Facebook, maybe beyond young people, but an Associated Press report. 
Add Facebook depression to potential harms linked with social media, says an influential doctor's group, referring to a condition it says may affect troubled teens who obsess over the online site. Researchers disagree on whether it's simply an extension of depression that some kids feel in other circumstances. Or, yeah, that's where I'm going with this one. Go ahead. Or a distinct condition linked with using the online site. But there are unique aspects of Facebook that can make it a particularly tough social landscape. Oh, I love websites that refresh automatically. Thank you so much for that. Uh, that make it a tough social landscape to navigate for kids already dealing with poor self-esteem, according to a Boston-area pediatrician and the lead author of New Academy, American Academy of Pediatrics Social Media Guidelines. With in-your-face friends tallies, status updates, and photos of happy-looking people having great times, Facebook pages can make some kids feel even worse if they think they don't measure up. It can be more painful than sitting alone in a crowded school cafeteria or other real-life encounters that can make kids feel down, according to O'Keefe, because Facebook provides a skewed view of what's really going on. Online, there's no way to see facial expressions or read body language that provide context. The guidelines urge pediatricians to encourage parents to talk with their kids about online use and to be aware of Facebook depression, cyberbullying, sexting, and other online risks. They were published online Monday in Pediatrics. Abby Abbott, 16 years old, a Chicago high school sophomore and frequent Facebook user, says the site has never made her feel depressed, but she can understand how it might affect some kids. She said that if you really don't have that many friends and weren't really doing that much with your life and saw other people's status updates and pictures and what they were doing with friends, I could see how that would make them upset. It's like a big popularity contest. Who can get the most friend requests or get the most pictures tagged, she said. It's I, <laughs> I could picture that in a, in a young in a young crowd. I could totally picture that being this sort of competition, over, looking at the wrong aspects you know, of Facebook, yeah, getting, considering them important. It become being like little notches in your in your popularity rating. That's very big in high school. I mean, I have yeah. a vague. I mean, I have pretty a recollection of that. Absolutely. I, and it's I guess so I don't dumb. have it that way because I don't want friends if you want friends you just join one of these games um and you know whether it's farmville or whatever Mm -hmm. and you'll have more friends and you know what to do with you want (laughs) friends start playing superhero city on facebook you'll have mafia wars god you'll have more people that want to be your friend that you just don't that is such a racket i did mafia wars and that is like it's it's busy work it's like you 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 get the sense of accomplishment right like you've gotten you make a lot of fake money that's totally useless for anything except right. to buy stuff inside mafia wars and then make more money and it's but you get in this racket this rut of like trying to get more and more and more and it's crucial that you recruit into your mafia all this means is that you get more people to play the game essentially I see. I mean, they don't they can be people already in the game but the you know the goal is to you know, most people to people go out that, yeah, with your, your friends, friends with people that play mafia wars. the point is get everyone playing mafia wars and 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 it's a, it's an incredible you know promotional racket thing that they've got going there well just i'm glad that this you know, has <laughs> kind of been brought up because you know i remember my high school experience and i think you're right that this is a this is an important thing for a lot of people in high school for me it wasn't so much um but but it, that it absolutely it is like you know you've got to have a lot of so-called friends but of course the more friends you have the less good friends you actually have of right? course the, the more people the, you can only spend so much time with people and so if you've got a thousand friends then you don't really have 10 good friends you know what i mean so you can only you can only, in my opinion you can only really have like 
no more than five to ten real friends at any given time in your life. Like people that you can really count on, people that are close to you, people that you can trust, uh, you know, that you've got experience with. I'd rather have those any day. Absolutely. I learned that in high school. I'd rather have ten people that uh, you know I can I can count on most of the time. I don't think you can count on anybody all the time. No, uh, but you know you can count on to some extent or another than a thousand people on Facebook. I mean, you know, there's oh yeah, and of course the 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 ironic part is that uh, these high schoolers spend all this time and effort just obsessing over who they do, but who their friends who their friends are. When in reality, once they're out of high school, even with Facebook, oh, they're not going to see these people again for the most part. I, I had some close friends in high school and I had a bunch of associates in high school. And beyond, you know, finding them on Facebook just for fun to see yeah. what they're doing today. That's my the extent of my interaction with them. Now and then, I will talk to one of my old close friends on high school just to, you know, catch up with them and see how they've been. But. They don't live around me. They're not interacting with me on a regular basis. The, the kids in high school have this skewed perspective on life that says that this is it. This is our life. High school is our life. These are our friends. This is what it will be. I can and only it's not think, going to be that. I can only think of one guy that I still really talk to from high school. Like one. And the rest of them you know, that I hung out with, spent all this time worrying and caring about. And what all, they thought what about they you. Thought about the, yeah. you know, nothing. Don't yeah. care. So this kind of takes that to the next level, and guess, now you've got Facebook friends you are all concerned uh, about as a as a teenager. So that's even more important. It's not. It's it's even less important than the real life friends. Yeah, I guess there's a couple more now that I think about it a little little more. So uh, for whatever reason, uh, this uh, AP article keeps quoting these teenage girls that are not depressed and asking them for their opinions about <laughs> yeah. Facebook depression. Gave me the, gave it, me the it doesn't bar- make it doesn't make for a very strong case. Yeah, it does it. Uh, so according to the story here, it's common among some teens to post snotty or judgmental messages on the Facebook walls of people they don't like, said Gaby Navarro, age 18, a senior from Grays Lake, Illinois. It's happened to her friends, and she said she could imagine how that could make some teens feel depressed. She said parents should definitely know. It's good to raise awareness about it. The Academy guidelines note that online harassment can cause profound psych, uh, profound psycho, psychosocial outcomes, including suicide. The widely publicized suicide of a 15-year-old Massachusetts girl last year occurred after she'd been bullied and harassed in person and on Facebook. O'Keefe said that uh, Facebook is where it's all – let's see – Another refresh. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I'm in the middle of reading it. Facebook is where all the teens are hanging out now. It's their corner store. She said the benefits of kids using social media sites like Facebook shouldn't be overlooked, however, such as connecting with friends and family, sharing pictures, and exchanging ideas. Facebook depression. You think it's a bunch of bunk? 1-800-259-9231. Seems pretty unlikely that this is any any way different from normal teenage depression and, and frustration. Yeah, it's... It's just moved here. Your thoughts are welcome, though. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up anything as well. Free talk. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Juicy Juice. 100% juice, providing a full serving of fruit in every four ounces. Visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to nutrition, kids need both fruits and vegetables every day to stay healthy and grow. For the ideal mix, your kid should have at least one and a half cups of any veggie or 100% veggie juice and one cup of any fruit or 100% fruit juice a day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today.
This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Join us there. All the features are free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video to show that they are indeed listeners of this program at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine there. Once again, shrine.freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening is Ian. And Dale. And Mark. We mentioned earlier that Dale has his own radio show that he does called Prometheus Unchained. Uh, What's the pitch on that, Dale? Uh, we talk about LGBT issues from a liberty perspective generally, but mm-hmm. we just kind of go off and talk about a lot of stuff sometimes, just whatever's fun and interesting. It's the gayest liberty-oriented talk show in the world, Yeah, I think. And it's fun. You guys have mean that it's, in the it's, Well, way. you know, the funny thing about it is I can't get over how many people um, have gotten back to me and said that, you know, they ended up listening to an episode just on a lark, kind of, you mm-hmm. know, not not gay or lesbian or anything, and... and uh, and and really liked it, and they act so shocked, like, oh my god, I really liked the show. They liked it, yeah, because oh they they just assumed it wasn't for them, you know. And then I see, and they enjoyed it, and so so people you know. can go to listen to that when they want anytime over at flamingfreedom.com. dot com. That's flamingfreedom.com. dot com. Also, you do anarchyinyourhead.com, which is a cartoon website. Yep, it's got the sequel to the last cartoon is uh, up and ready. It's not up, but it's ready to go as soon as. Uh, How much more money do you have to raise? I think it needs twenty four more dollars. So if you want to, if you want to help yeah. Dale release the next cartoon at anarchyinyourhead.com, you can go and contribute to the. Is it a chip in widget that you're using? No, I got rid of the chip in. I didn't like the interface for those. It was it was misleading a lot mm-hmm. of times because it, it wouldn't show up. The money wouldn't show up mm. for quite a while. I didn't know how to make it show up and. Things like that. So I eventually just uh, and plus you you could only contribute a certain way, and I had there was no way for me to go in and update the amount if someone contributed a different way, for instance, like um, either cash or some other way. And so I just made it um, a widget that I control, and I'm just gonna I just I just try to stay right on top of it and update it very quickly if someone makes a contribution. You can you can also contribute bitcoins. Facebook so. depression is what we're focusing on here. Uh, is it real? There apparently is some level of debate between so-called experts on this issue, uh, teenagers specifically, who are more concerned than the average adult about how many friends they have, have taken this to an extreme now with Facebook, where according to uh, one 16-year-old girl, Facebook is the place where people hang out. Another one says that this is a some sort of a contest between teenagers to see who has the most friends, who can be the most popular, and it certainly it seems like this has taken real life, which is very popular, kind of this popularity contest thing exists at a lot of real-life high schools taken that and kind of put it online and uh, brought along with it all of the you know the derision and the nastiness that can frequently be seen between teenagers i mean just calling people names and things like that now you can do it and you leave it on the wall so now instead of just you know uh calling somebody a name in front of the class full of people you you can remove what's on your wall man and block people you can prevent people from uh, posting on your wall this idea that uh, uh you know that a teenager goes on facebook and is suddenly the the object of ridicule of all their uh, cohorts is absolutely ludicrous nonsense. 
I think it's it's you know you can delete it from your wall, but there's the realization that like you can post it in such a way so that it's on more than one wall. Kids are mean, and uh, yeah. if there's a medium out there, they're going to yeah. use that medium in the in the fashion. Oh, you're right. I'm just saying that, that they can. You know, you know, and and quite frankly, the I, I the best solution I can come up with it is don't send your kids to school and to government school. Well, it's yeah. not just government school. I think that uh, the kids were mean when I went to private school too. That's true. I don't think they were as mean when I went to private school. It was a tighter knit community. Of, but I mean, it was still there. Kids are kids. It Any, was still anytime there. you take, especially take someone who doesn't have well-developed social skills, all kids, and and stick them in a in an environment where they're forced to be with other people it's they don't Lord necessarily like. It is, yeah. And, and and the idea that somehow kids need to be with people of their own age. Yes, agreed. Kids need to have people to play with and that kind of thing. But when you start getting to a group that's bigger, you know, more unwieldy, um, I, I don't know, maybe you need as many adults as you do kids or whatever. For social- but the most well-behaved, nicest, best little human beings I've met have been homeschooled kids. Absolutely. Yeah. It's because they spend a lot of time with adults, adults and they need to be able to interact as adults. They're interact. picking up those social skills from the but, adults, whereas with kids yeah. it's just, you know, brats and brats and you're not going to learn anything mature from a bunch of kids you're going you know, to yeah, and when people, you know, you get this sort of reaction of people who haven't been around many homeschooled kids and they get around them and they say they're weird. Yeah, uh, right. I'm quoting. Well, they're yeah, not knife fighting and cussing. Right, exactly. <laughs> they're not, they're acting more mature and that seems weird to you. Yeah. But that's not bad. That's, I mean, the problem is we live in a society that tries to keep people in a perpetual state of immaturity. It's a big problem. Yeah. It's a huge problem, in fact, and right. it's something that we've addressed before on this program, how there is a certain segment of the population that wants to see... Well, we just need to have childhood extend as long as possible, mm-hmm. and then they'll, yeah. uh, you know, they, right. they pass as laws. if childhood is in fact innocent. You know, I mean, your your body ceases to be, to allow you to sort of be innocent at around somewhere around eleven, twelve, thirteen. <laughs> you know, and you're not innocent anymore. The idea that you're going to hold these uh, people, yeah. these young adults, in a in a perpetual stage status of limbo. Forever and somehow no. extend this uh, this this idea of child uh, immaturity. You, you can have. hold them. You yeah. can hold well, that's them what in they're immaturity. Doing. They're, they're well, trying yeah. to keep them immature. And and in fact, you know, we are physically adults. Uh, like you said, twelve. You know, eleven, twelve, thirteen. And uh, there's this, but but mentally, we're not, and and emotionally, we're being restrained from achieving adulthood. It's uh, a shame because what while. we don't. What we can't see, you know, the seen and the unseen, what we can't see is a result of those restrictions, whether it be working restrictions or, you know, the age at which one can make a, a mature decision like to uh, to drink alcohol. What we what we're missing from that is what our world could be if young people were able to, say, go to work earlier or become entrepreneurs and open their own businesses and start providing more, uh, you know, products and services. Because young people are, are are people that aren't restricted by as much of the kind of the preconceived notions that we are indoctrinated with over time. They're more likely to be entrepreneurial. We've seen like people with the uh, the lemonade stands or selling cookies and things like that, and having the government swoop in and try to stop them from doing those things. Um, letting kids experiment and fail in the in the early years in these ways can help them in developing more knowledge about what it is they want to do. Now we've got a situation where people turn 18, they're just getting out of government high school, and they are going into this college because they've been told that's what they have to do, but they have no idea why they're really doing it beyond the fact that they are told that they're supposed to do it. So they end up going into college with no clue. you're a loser if you don't go to college. They'll tell you 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 that 
that you know, and they get the idea, they get the impression that that's yeah, that's what everyone is supposed to do. But they don't right? know why they're regardless there. of what what your goal is in life and what your what kind of career you want to pursue. Or and they don't whatever. even know what that is. They Most of the time, they change their career multiple times while yeah. they're in college. I got a job at twelve years old. I'll admit to you, I wasn't actually earning cash. I was working at a comic book store in exchange for some for some comic books, and that's what I wanted. But what it taught me was far more valuable than what I learned in high school or whatever I learned in college um, because I learned how to go to work. I learned how to show up. I learned how important those things were. I learned how to deal with customers. Um, and, you know, these things are so much more valuable than, in, in my opinion, the stuff I learned in high school. I learned how to do uh, trigonometry in high school. I haven't figured out what a sine, a cosine, or a tangent is in 30 years or whatever long it's been since I've been in high mm-hmm. school. It's never been of any use to me. Is that useful to an engineer? Of course it is. But that's the kind of thing that people that are interested in being engineers should be learning. 1-800-259-9231. You guys just support child labor in sweatshops. You're awful. I do support child labor. I absolutely do. If child labor means putting... Cut their arms off. Let 12-year-olds go to work and learn the value of labor? Yes. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We've got the news updates there, listening options as well. You can listen live via broadband or dial-up streaming 24-7 around the clock. The latest uh, episode of Free Talk Live is airing there. Plus, great radio stations uh, across the country, over 90 uh, stations, and our free-to-air satellite channel, as well as the webcam option, listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Uh, You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to get more information on all of that. That's listen.freetalklive.com. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle is designed to meet the Scout Rifle criteria of hunt, fight, defend. An affordable, versatile, reliable rifle delivers 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance in a variety of situations. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. It's a serious rifle for those serious about rifles. The perfect do-it-all bolt-action rifle where rugged, reliable Ruger meets practical tactical. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle, the one rifle you have to have if you can have only one. Visit Ruger.com or stop by your local firearms retailer today, Ruger.com. All right. Once again, toll-free number 800-259-9231. So we've been pretty much talking a lot about the social networking website, uh, Facebook, tonight. Kind of the ups and the downs of it. Dale has decided that he is going to phase out his participation from Facebook for various different reasons. And I can totally understand where you're coming from. I would like to spend less time there myself. I feel like it's, for me, it's so useful for various different things like organizing uh, events and 
and also um, you know promoting my brands like Free Talk Live or Free Keen that I feel like I have to be there. And I, I also find it valuable from a social uh, aspect. It's nice to be able to just spot somebody online and, and talk to them if I need to and have that kind of ease of access to folks. So I'll probably be sticking with it, um, but I'll, I want to be more aware of how much time I'm spending there and and be more disciplined at not spending so much there. And that's that's my problem. It's not Facebook's problem. I think it's great if people can do that. And I would encourage that. The people who are going to stick around with it, definitely be get better at it. Um, try not to be so spammy. You know, don't make, you know, maybe less people will abandon it if it, if, if some of those things, you know, changed. Yeah. I think well, and if people start leaving, I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you're not the only one who's leaving. So if people right. start leaving, then I think that's useful because it, it, decreases the reliance i mean people I last hope. night when you I posted hope. that my reaction was what uh when <laughs> or when actually was neil your partner on the sh- on your show posted that i was i was surprised and he made a comment like i was dead to him or something like that it's <laughs> <laughs> kidding mostly yeah. <laughs> i right. think but i think it's useful when people are leaving facebook because it, it reminds people hey how do I talk to Dale outside of Facebook? <laughs> this because isn't the become, whole world. You know? right, because this we've is not become the whole world. Rel- we become you, reliant on it. People will send yeah. me emails through Facebook. And people that, I, that have my regular email address, I understand if they don't have my regular email address or whatever, and it's easier for them on Facebook. But, God, I hate that email inter- interaction. Oh, the messaging sucks. It's, not just the, the IM there. No, the, but, but, the, but they've combined them now. I don't know. Uh, now, maybe your account doesn't have this yet, but mine does, where Facebook has taken its messaging system, where it used to be like email, where there was subjects. Uh-huh. And now it's just all one big conversation. So if if uh, somebody sends me a message on Facebook, it's not a chat message that they send it through the little email system on Facebook. It just it's like a chat when you go and you click it on keeps it. Going back and forth, it creates a thread. Yeah, there for are every no, single I've email. Seen, I've seen that and I find it a little confusing. But I just it, yeah, I, you know, I, the email has the ability to do attachments and right. uh, you know I don't have to go fishing around in my Facebook to uh, f- you know find the person. I don't. I just don't want to do it. Yeah, and, yeah it, it bugs me when people Facebook email me when they have my regular email. I try to email people through regular email if I know it. If I have their regular email. So I think it's valuable to have people leave because it kind of gives people a, whoa, shakes them out of their Facebook world and says, I hey. I kind of want to do that. I admit I have a sort of a, a – a, there's a part of me that really would like to kind of throw a wrench in Facebook. Um, and then, But people I know using it and say, look, yeah, don't be quite so hooked on this. You right. know, I'm not saying go cold turkey like me necessarily, but, but pull out a little bit, yeah. you know. If you this, want <laughs> Dale to know what's going on, you're going to have to give him some sort of heads up via another method. And I wanted to talk about some of those other alternatives to uh, to Facebook. And I don't mean MySpace. I haven't been on MySpace. I mean, <laughs> Something that's just a different Facebook. Yeah. Right. I'm talking about non-Facebook related alternatives. Now, here in New Hampshire, we've got more than the average because we've got a movement of people. People who have made a deliberate choice to move together with other like-minded folks and get active for liberty. That's the Free State Project. That's why we're all here. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about this. But these are also things that you can emulate in your area or with your social uh, social group. Uh, are they as effective for communicating as Facebook? I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but they're different. And I think it's important to have multiple communications channels, especially in the event that for whatever reason, Facebook gets shut down. I mean, imagine if the government came in and told Facebook, all right, turn it off. You know they would. So yeah. Uh, so what would happen then? Well, there's uh, different choices. Or We've got th- 
just hand over everything, which is another thing. That's possible. Yeah, yeah that's we, much more likely. Yeah, we've <laughs> got the uh, the Porcupine 411 system, which is a, a phone system. You can go to Porcupine411.com. You can actually set your own up in your own area, uh, which allows people to make a phone call, leave a message, and then the Internet system behind that distributes that message via email to as many recipients as are signed up. So we've got hundreds of people, I think, that are receiving these Porcupine 411s. It's a great way to get information out of something more of a, like an urgent nature is happening, like if the police have pulled you over or something like that. Obviously, tweeting yep. on Facebook would not be as useful as hitting a button I on – I get it faster from uh, – well, actually, the text, like the Keen 411s. I get the that's a local text service mm-hmm. that does goes sends out text messages. I get that much faster than I'll get anything on Facebook. Absolutely. So, and that was another thing. So you got mm-hmm. Porcupine four one one. You've got Keen four one one, which is like a and it's kind of like a party line texting service. You text a uh, a a text message to a certain phone number, and it uses kind of like public internet options as its backbone. Like it uses a Google Voice account, which is a free uh, communications account, and it also uses Twitter as well because Twitter has a way to link into a, a cell phone or phone number and so basically it kind of you 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 text to this one phone number and then it uh the twitter account or whatever i forget exactly how it works but it it just basically blasts that out to a bunch of people who've signed up to receive those texts and so everybody can kind of just kind of text openly uh to everyone else it has its problems like when people forget Mm -hmm. to sign their texts yeah you don't know who's sending it there's that issue and there has been a little bit of spam uh as well which could be a larger rare though that's rare but i that's really annoying when it happens but uh but uh, yeah and there's a i I think there's supposed to be a manch 411 that's going to be like keen 411 that's the text around the text thing. actually they, they came it, out with that before keen 411 it's just no one uses it oh i see well, okay well because i was gonna say i think that things like that are are really handy because Absolutely. one of the things that people say that they like about facebook is they can post you know i'm going to lunch if anyone wants to join me and then someone could just show up and meet them at lunch well that's exactly what those text messages function as yep and they've been functioning really well for that i'd much rather hear about things that way and and, of course, there's like still that. forums as well. That's another good way for people to organize and to socialize online. Obviously, you don't have you know, the same kind of – you can post a bunch of pictures aspect of Facebook, but you still have the communicating, uh, the, commu- the communicating aspect and the community aspect where there's a certain group of people that has chosen for a reason to be in the same digital location. So like there's the, uh, the nhfree.com forums, uh, which there's also the Free State Project forums and the Free Keen forums. Um, I believe copblock.org actually just launched a forum. They just redesigned their website, copblock.org. Uh, looks really good, by the way. Um, so that's a good way to, you know, to, again, intentionally get together with people who have a certain, you know, interest or mindset. And, uh, but one of the problems with the old forum that we had was the calendar option. Just, it wasn't very good. Like, you'd have to make an effort to click on the calendar in order to see what was going on. So you'd have to remember to go and do that. But thankfully, we have Google Calendar now, which actually makes uh, setting calendar stuff up pretty easy. Again, sending invitations isn't possible with any of these methods. So there's still real value to Facebook. And that's why I but say I will value. use all of these things. Well, some of the utility of Facebook, the, you know, the ease of use is also why I think it's spammy. Yeah. Because it's so easy to... Like, just do certain things that, that are going to clutter other people in certain ways. And that's what makes it also kind of... So it's called, it's prone to a certain kind of behavior that is unpleasant. I think, too, I think it's the events. It's when it's when you force interactivity with other people that really uh, stinks. It's when you yeah. invite them to events. Now I have to say whether or not I'm going to attend this event. Uh, you know, And sometimes the event has nothing to do with me. I know nothing about it. Plus, there's also the old school method of two-way radio, which uh, we're starting to see kind of get popular in the movement as well. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for your calls, your thoughts about what you want. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as $3 a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into this talk program, get on more radio stations across the country. Should be having at least a couple new announcements in regards to that, uh, hopefully at some point this week, just waiting to confirm that everything went smoothly over the weekend, basically. Um, so we'll let you know when we know a little bit more about that. But it's the amplifiers that make this possible. It's the amplifiers that help make this happen. And you could be one of them. Maybe you are already, but uh, if you're not, please go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal or Visa and MasterCard right on the site, and you'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. And we really appreciate it. That's amp.freetalklive.com. To the phones and the fun. Let's talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Frank, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, well, I wanted to call about that bizarre discussion on religion a couple nights ago. But uh, <laughs> I thought after hearing the Facebook situation, it, it, it strikes me, and I'm an older person, so it strikes me as comical that this is now a new area of fear. It's sort of the artificial, the virtual, the non-real. And, you know, I, I'm just hoping that the young students in middle school and high school that are so obsessed with Facebook and their popularity and their artificial friends, uh, I just wish they would put half of their effort into doing their reading, their history, their mathematics, uh, and sort of... Uh, you know, let actual relationships with real people occur as opposed to this artificial construct that I'm sure the the late John Baudrillard, the French philosopher, would find so amusing and comical. I mean, uh, uh, it really is very interesting that the artificial persona is more real to, you know, the young people than, you know, their day-to-day existence and their flesh-to-flesh friends and, you know, this kind of uh, thing I find it kind of comical, but also it reminds me of the discussion regarding religion that you know people will fight and die for an abstraction that often places them in positions that are actually against their own self interest and I find that sort of uh you know there's sort of a parallel uh in a sense that what is not real becomes more important than the reality hmm. in our existence. Yeah, and that's an interesting observation. I, I take it you don't have a Facebook account then, Frank? No, actually I don't, because don't. Facebook, you don't own your emails or any of your things. That's all owned by the company Facebook. And we know that the National Security Agency and the CIA own a lot of Facebook. They put up a lot of the money 
uh, you know, to get the thing going. It's actually adult. I knew DARPA was okay, Cupid, but I did not know this information that you're referring to. How oh yes, this this is actually a fact. There's lots of material. Google it on the internet. But what's interesting about it is MySpace? that you're sort of making your own dossier for the government, and mm. a lot of people, you know, say a lot of untrue things on Facebook. But you know, if people are bragging about things they haven't done. Uh, it may come back to bite them. It's very interesting. Agreed. Oh, and also, speaking of Facebook, I did read – I was invited uh, through an article in the media, I guess it was last year, to join uh, Elizabeth uh, Windsor's Facebook uh, as Who? a friend. And that's actually Queen Elizabeth, and her best oh. friend was Evelyn Rothschild. So then after a month of thinking, should I join be a friend of Queen Elizabeth's or not, when I – went back to the website, it, there's sort of a, a security thing that you have to go through whereby you're going to be, <laughs> where you're going to be actually, uh, you know, looked at by security people before Shaking you can join down. the yeah. websites. But I found it very interesting because David Rockefeller and a number of the Habsburgs in Switzerland, in Europe, were also listed as friends of Queen Elizabeth, but her best friend is Evelyn Rothschild, the great banker. So it says something about Facebook, and I found it comical, actually, that, uh, you know, you have people that uh, such people have accounts on Facebook. I find really ridiculous and absurd, and, uh, uh, you know, in the real world, we would never be able to be friends or anything, but in the virtual, we can all be friends. And I have a feeling what we should do is have artificial aliases of dead celebrities that we could put on whereby you know so, so we could be friends of let's say you know Vladimir Lenin or yep. friends of George Washington People or do that yeah yeah, but enough said about that. You get my drift. I get you, Frank. And, and you I know what? I think it's interesting the point you make about the artif- artificial persona uh, possibly being more important to people than real life. And I think that's a realistic and concern. And also religion. We have to look at that. I mean, just look at what happened, you know, in Afghanistan when the crazy preacher in Florida burnt the Quran. And at the same time, no, there is no such thing as a book written by God. All of the books have been written by men and women for men and women. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to look at it, you have to realize that the media here is giving it a spin that it's because of the Quran burning that these rights are occurring. It's not. It's the people are sick of Karzai in the United States government right. shooting Afghans and people, and that's what it's about. It's yeah, that's what I was about... going to say, Frank, is that you'll notice that the place where they went bananas over the preacher burning the, the Quran was in the country that the United States is occupying. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Frank, Absolutely. for the observations tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. The toll-free number to get your thoughts in on the remaining moments here, 800-259-9231. Just to focus back on the idea of the artificial persona becoming uh, more important to people these days than real-life human interactions. I think that's a real concern, and it's kind of an aspect of this that we didn't really touch on uh, tonight, the the obsession that uh, a lot of people have with Facebook. Um, I Just kind of an exa- as an example of this, I don't remember where I was. It was some activist gathering, you know, in real life. And I was approaching this group of activists that were uh, standing around in a circle where otherwise they would have been chatting with one another. And I made the observation as I approached the circle. Yep, you know, we must be in the 21st century. Nearly 50% of the uh, people standing in this circle are on their portable device. So mm-hmm. in, any, in any other situation without portable devices, this would have been a group of people all talking with one another. But instead, half, approximately half of them were on their cell phone, you know, just 
tapping away, doing <laughs> something, maybe doing a Facebook update, maybe checking emails or whatever. And, Firing off a text. Yeah, and that's, I think, there's a certain line. Because obviously, we are in the 21st century, and digital is becoming a much greater part of our lives. And I think for the benefit of, uh, of mankind overall, I think that we've all benefited from uh, the, you know, the technology and the internet. And clearly, I mean, the reason why we're here doing this radio program is the, is the internet. Uh, the reason why we're even able to get this show out there in the way that we are is because of the internet so the the ideas of liberty have been propagated much farther because of the internet but on the other side on the dark side of things is the question of whether or not human relationships have suffered uh in real life as a result of what frank was talking terming is the you know the artificial persona and i think that's a real concern uh for folks i think it's something that that we should be more aware of as as uh, each of, of us is involving ourselves in these social networks. Um, and, you know, Dale, you mentioned earlier that you love to text. This was, I think it was off the air that you said this, but you, yeah. you love to send text messages. Now, it's convenient to send text messages. I mean, it's certainly you send it when you get a chance. It doesn't require that you have to be on the, the at the same time as somebody else on the phone. But on the other hand, it sucks away, you know, the, the, the human voice from uh, from that interaction. It sucks. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post. This one's going to be a little longer than usual, so uh, be prepared. And I have with me Neil Kiernan. Neil, are you there? Yes, I am. Sounds good. Okay, um, now you are the host of V Radio, and V Radio is uh, one of the uh, sort of discipleship arms of uh, the the Venus Project. Does that sound right? V Radio, yeah, is my internet radio show. Um, we, we I mostly talk about Venus Project oriented material, but I also do a lot of other things, like filmmakers, things like that, come on my show. Cool. Now, and uh, the Venus Project is the project that was talked about in Zeitgeist 3. And uh, we've talked about Zeitgeist 3 a little bit on Free Talk Live. I wanted to explore it a little further, and so that's why you're here. Okay. Now, uh, first of all, go ahead. Just to let people know, they can check out my radio show at v-radio.org. We will plug the heck out of your radio show before this is over. Don't worry. (laughs) How is it? I just occurred. I forgot to say the URL, but go ahead. You should do that. Um, and, and don't worry, say the URL as often as you like. The um, So now tell people, Zeitgeist uh, 1 is a, a movie that was uh, online there for a while, talked about uh, sort of uh, some of the problems with government and um, had a religious tinge to it. What's the difference between Zeitgeist 1, Zeitgeist 2, Zeitgeist 3? Well, Zeitgeist 1 um, was originally intended as a musical presentation put together by Peter Joseph. Um, during his time in college as a music major. Uh, He had some interest at the time in uh, the work of Acharya S., uh, Jordan Maxwell, um, and he put it all together as part of a presentation that had video accompanying his playing of live instruments. He wasn't originally intending to widely distribute it. It was just kind of a project he did for college, an art project. Um, He eventually was persuaded to put it on the Internet, um, and then it kind of exploded into this thing that it became. Um, and it also, uh, during that time period, uh, you know, Mr. Joseph, you know, didn't know anything about the Venus Project or uh, the resource-based economy model. Um, 
in, I'd say, as far as major differences, that's largely it. It's uh, focused a lot on different conspiracy theory stuff and things of that nature, and the Zeitgeist movement is not held to any of that. Um, as far as uh, when you move on to Zeitgeist Addendum, um, what, what had motivated him from the first film was a lot of people contacted him and said, so what do we do about these various problems that you've identified? Um, and he was looking for answers, and he found Jacques Fresco's book, The Best That Money Can't Buy, and discovered the resource-based economy model, and went and investigated, and decided to do another film to give that opportunity, essentially, for the resource-based economy model to be heard of. Uh, and the third film is basically an elaboration on the second one. You know, he, he said that he rushed the second one, and he probably should have worked a little harder on it, so he got together a lot of experts, particularly in the issues of behavior, um, you know, human nature, things of that nature together uh, to present the argument with an academic background to go along with the concepts. Got it. So now, um, and Zeitgeist 3 is, uh, does seem to talk a great deal about the resource-based economy. And uh, you, I guess you're going to have to tell me what that is. When I saw the movie, um, you know, what it meant to me was let's get rid of money. Well, that's part of it, but um, the resource-based economy is essentially utilizing a scientific approach to determine uh, how best to solve mankind's problems, whether those problems are poverty, uh, war, crime, things of that nature, um, taking that kind of approach, rather than depending on politicians who have a tendency to not even really be qualified in various areas other than just getting elected. Um, or superstition or anything of that nature, you apply the scientific method to find answers, uh, you know, real solutions to problems. Okay. And um, now, you, you, when we talked previously, you'd said that you were a uh, libertarian at, um, at one point in your life. I don't know if you'd describe yourself that way now. Mm-hmm. How would you- um, well, I would call myself a libertarian, but I, I also have been doing some more research into the fact that there's more than just uh, market libertarians. Uh, there's actually a very good presentation about left libertarianism that talks about the fact that not all libertarians are based in the free market concept. Some of us you know, actually have different ideas, including self-sustaining types of economies. Okay. Um, and so, but as far as like the, uh, the most important part, which I think is to do with personal you know, freedoms and liberties and things of that nature, I didn't really make any changes. So um, when you're talking about applying the scientific method to the resource-based economy, um, what that says to me is um, – and, and uh, the reason I was laying the foundation of the libertarianism here is because um, what it says to me is once we find out what the best answer is, someone's going to interpret the data and we'll find out what the best answer is and you're going to follow it whether you like it or not. Well, when you say whether you like it or not, um, I guess that, that kind of puts like a, you know, a negative tone to it. But it's it's a question of like what kind of you know circumstances are we talking about? If if you have two different automobile designs, one of them proves to be more efficient than the other, um, then you go with the one that's more efficient. But because we don't believe in any force or coercion, nobody's going to force you to drive the more efficient car. But the societal values at that point would make you look kind of foolish for continuing to drive a vehicle that's, you know, harming the environment or is not efficiently using resources. Um, That is another major factor that doesn't change at all. There's a strong adherence to the non-aggression principle, not just from the perspective that it's immoral to be aggressive or use force or coercion, but because we don't even feel it's effective. Um, As is proven by the failures of the state to affect crime, 
just having guns doesn't solve anything, doesn't, you know, really fix any problems. It's just kind of a Band-Aid approach of the state to fix things. And we don't agree that that's how changes should be made. We think that education and demonstrating that you're right is the way to get people to go along with that. Now, when I um, was watching uh, the movies, um, you know, they were the a lot of the arguments were being based on uh, against capitalism. Uh, you know, the I was watching Zeitgeist three, and I, I felt that what they were saying was capitalism's bad, and um, you know, they were what they were doing was defining capitalism as what we have today. And I, th- I know that people do define capitalism that way, and I'm not going to say that that's an improper way to define capitalism. However, many people would that listen to this show especially would not define capitalism as what we have today. Like They would say that this is you know, mercantilism or fascism or socialism or uh, you know, national socialism. They'd come up with some word that wasn't fasc- – that wasn't, excuse me, capitalism. Former libertarian, obviously, I, I recognize the. I mean, former market libertarian, I recognize the difference between a free market version of capitalism and a non-version of a free market version of capitalism. Um, I think that one of the only problems is is that we feel that although uh, free market capitalism obviously is considerably less coercive and has certain elements to it, um, it's it's kind of like the argument you get out of socialists or communists. Um, you know, they'll they'll tell you that what's going on in in North Korea is not communism and. Um, they're right. I mean, it's not. It's, you know, it's not really communism anyway. They'll, they'll tell you that the Soviet Union was not an example of, you know, successful communism or socialism. Um, the, the the question is, what makes a system or an ism more inclined to end up in those circumstances? And we tend to think that what is in common with all of those systems is money and the use of money. Um, well, what I would say is in, in common with those systems. What I would say was in common with those systems is force. And the use of, uh, you know, weapons and threats to get what you want. And so, I mean, that's that's the difference between what I believe and the rest of those isms out there. Like, you can't have capitalism if you're threatening people. That's, you know, to me, that that's that's the definition of it. Now, I, you know, I, I understand that people will argue that that's not so. But as far as I'm concerned, you have a free co- free economy or you don't have a free economy. You can have a partially a very small uh, economy that has a very small amount of coercion involved in it but it's still not a free economy because it's not free right well any system wherein you can be deprived of the basic necessities of life has coercion built into it regardless of whether or not it's officially coercive um and that's where where we run into a problem um in the soviet system you know the capitalist system any of these systems are in money is a million means of exchange you're in a position where somebody can decide that all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Sure. Um, and, I, and we feel that that is common to any system wherein those exchanges exist, as opposed to just um, setting out for your goal to be everybody being provided for um, as best as scientifically possible. Um, that's the major difference in our approach. So um, and and another uh, issue that I had with the film is that bad uh, fiat currency was equal to bad money. It's like money's bad because fiat currency is bad. And so, I mean, you've got another sort of canard that's put out there, red herring, a straw man, if you whatever term you want to use, is that because fiat money is bad, all money is bad. When, in fact, money is just a medium of exchange of other things. I mean, you know, a commodity is a commodity. I mean, you're talking about a resource based economy. 
what is gold or silver or any other precious metal or anything that anyone uses as a form of exchange but another commodity. I mean, even even currencies, in fact, are commodities. Well, you know, and and we understand the difference between fiat currency and non-fiat currency. There's a couple of different things that I would point out about that. This tends to be that, uh, for example, if you watch the Money Masters, you're watching a three and a half hour documentary about how many different times and different ways monetary systems get corrupted and end up back in a fiat or a fiat system. Um, I mean, as Einstein pointed out, you, if, if you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You know, we, we can fix the money system and make it sound again, but the key word is again. And it is the only thing that I have found to be consistent about money across the board is that it will find a way to be corrupted. Well, I don't know um, that that's true. Itself, obviously, the people will do will find a way to corrupt its use. I don't know that that's true. And here's the I think the problem is all along, like I I will agree that you're looking to make a change, and that that change is essentially. Uh, you know, Stefan Molyneux called it uh, called it what uh, Marxism with robots. I think it was probably more accurately described anarcho syndicalism with robots. But all um, and so you've you've got all these societal changes. You want to see how the, the world live in these sort of concentric circle cities. Uh, you want to abolish property. You've got a, a whole bunch of things that you want to see happen. All I want to see happen one simple thing, and I'm not saying it's easy, but it is simple. Is no one's allowed to hit. Punch, shoot, taser, threaten, or coerce anyone else. And so to, it's, I, I want a different world than what we have today, but my rules are a lot simpler, right? Like, so I don't have to deconstruct all these other things. Well, right. But, you know, when you consider that the, the source of most violence and the source of most, you know, evidence of basically people seeking coercion comes out of circumstances of scarcity, people do it to survive. Um, they do it for drugs. Directly to survive? They do it mostly well, for drugs. drugs well, <laughs> well, drugs uh, are, are certainly an issue, um, and that's kind of, but they're also a reaction to the stresses inherent in the system. No. Drug, um, <laughs> look, in, birds, drink, birds yeah. will eat fermented berries. I mean, the fact is, human <laughs> beings and creatures on Earth like to change their, uh, their, their mental states. Does the Venus Project have. Uh, well, yeah. I, I, I've, oh, do we have an issue about that? Yeah. No, you, you can do whatever you want. Body, um, we're gonna make. You know, we're gonna pay attention. We're gonna publish what happens when you do it. But it's yeah, our attitude about things like that. It kind of comes back to once again, as I said, it's not just that coercion is wrong; it's that it's ineffective. You look at the uh, reoccurrence of drug use in countries like Amsterdam, Switzerland. You know that are decriminalized, and they have a much lower per capita drug use. And people who use destructive drugs are generally looked at as foolish. You know, there isn't any necessity for any, you know, stormtroopers beating down your door to prevent you from using them. Crack cocaine is destructive. That is self-evident. That's an example of using uh, education to help people reach good decisions as opposed to thinking that your gun is going to stop them from smoking crack, which, I mean, that's what I was going to say is, like, uh, my own personal experience is I grew up in a very low-income area, and the stresses of the circumstances would drive people to drug use. Um, crime rates are always higher in low-income areas and many areas with you know, excessive amounts of inequality of income. Um, and once you improve the environment, these kinds of behaviors go away on their own. There's no benefit to seeking um, any kind of coercive advantage over anyone else, and therefore the tendency to want to do it goes away. Um, the same thing is basically true of gang violence. Um, you know, the gangs basically were based around the idea that I don't want anybody to hurt me, so... Therefore, I better hurt other people and get them to leave me alone. 
rather than just, you know, creating a circumstance wherein that's not, it's not necessary. You don't have to do that. We don't hurt each other here. Um, that's, that's just one example. But overall, I hope that answers your issue about what people do with their bodies. We don't, we don't advocate or support the use of any specific drugs, but um, just like things like uh, uh, when it comes to things like junk food or other destructive things, you can generally demonstrate to people that this is not a good idea. Um, and if you get if you pull the advertising out of it, then there's a lot less inclination to move in that direction. There are people who actively, right now, uh, culture-wise, do their best to get people to use drugs. Like the work of Edward Bernays, for example, in getting women to smoke uh, was totally a sociological effect. He figured out how to get inside women's minds and make them think that their, you know, imbibing tobacco was an expression of their freedom. And that was all profit-motivated. Um, those kinds of things would go away in a society that we suggest. Now, um, the, 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 uh, what, what I'm hearing here is that you want to rebuild society from the ground up. And mm-hmm. I, I guess the question I'd have with that is, how are you ever going to do that? I mean, society up to this point... I mean, if you go and dig in Jerusalem, you'll find, uh, you know, city after or at least different iterations of the same city that are, you know, thousands of years old. I mean, they can go find um, older. Basically, when you dig in most metropolitan areas around the world, you find an older iteration of itself. I was uh, just watching, uh, you know, uh, a uh, thing on, um, you know, some author and it was uh, talking about how Glasgow was, you know, a significantly older city at one time and now that the old alleyways are buried and they built a whole new city on top of it. How are you ever going to get to blow the whistle and say, all right, time out, everybody, we're going to build concentric cities and we're not going to use money anymore. And we're going to have a super robot tell us what to do. Well, it all depends on um, the circumstances, although there isn't just going to be a super robot telling anybody what to do. But, um, uh, I would also let me give you an example of like what I said at the Agora uh, presentation I did recently, which was a presentation to some libertarians online. Agora dot com. Right. the uh, The circumstances are that you know a lot, we've asked these questions of a lot of different stateless organizations, people who support stateless organizations, and my advice to them was rather than trying to change the system as it currently exists, because it's designed to stay exactly the way it is go out of your way to make the state as irrelevant to your life as possible. And the best means to do that is actually through self-sustainable technologies, making money and trade, at least for you, as unnecessary as possible. Not, you know, banning it, not telling you you can't do it, but making it so you don't have to become as self-producing as possible. Um, Get out of the grid, uh, you know, get off the grid. Off the grid living is an excellent example of a personal small-scale resource-based economy. It's also highly inefficient. Your- it's highly inefficient. I How mean, at the, the well, because... Off-the-grid living is inefficient? Yes, uh, because the specialization of labor makes things more efficient. I'm a pretty good talk show host in that I make good money doing it. I'm a terrible farmer. Um, my time would be better spent uh, selling my radio ads and increasing the rates at which I sell my radio ads than it would be out hoeing a garden. I would be better off 
even if I wanted my own garden to um, and and by the way, I have chickens and they're pr- at probably worth about fifty dollars a pound right now. With uh, considering the amount of uh, feed that we've put into them and the uh, the area that we've built for them, and you know we we have chickens for the luxury of watching silly brainless animals peck at the dirt um we don't have them for the purpose of you know we, we, we take their eggs obviously but we haven't uh, killed any of them not to say that we won't ever but it's i, I mean I, I can tell you from experience it's an extremely inefficient way to eat i eat that way i know well it, i don't i wouldn't really call that inefficient i would think inefficient is that i'm completely reliant on the whims of the state regulation of my currency and my, you know, uh, especially when it comes to um, the quality of food, the state does a terrible job at that. Um, a lot of the products that are offered in the market are offered with the profit margin being more important. You end up with Franken food, like created by companies like I could eat organic significantly cheaper than I can grow organic, though. That's what I'm trying to tell you, is that the specialization of labor inside of a complex economy is extremely important if you want to have uh, innovation? Well, um, I don't really, I don't agree with your assessment, but I... I, I have the chickens! I, I'm, not, I'm not assessing anything. I'll show you the numbers, what I pay for these animals. <laughs> I mean, I'm not assessing okay, anything. So, these but, are facts. But getting off the grid and being responsible for your own production and therefore making the state irrelevant to you um, at least as much as possible... Uh, that's that's essentially what I'm suggesting. Okay, is a stateless society model for people on an individual basis. Is rather than trying to get politicians elected into a system that is designed to ensure that the system always uh, regulates wealth up top and makes the majority of people poor. It seems like a rush to the bottom to me. It, it seems like a good way to not be very wealthy. That when a, an emergency comes in your life, you will not be able to pay the hospital for the, those actions. Which, of course, the hospital will probably because the government will still exist, and therefore the hospital will have to treat you. Um, you should be fine in doing that. But I, you know, I've seen people do the sustainable well, thing. Well, you can't invest um, uh, because if you need a job to pay your utility bills and you're talking about I need a job to pay $200 a month, if you're saying I want to invest in um, stuff to get me off the grid, then you t- need $100,000. You know, I mean, like they're talking about an entirely different thing. There is an additional investment, but in comparison, people invest that much in their own businesses. Um, they invest that much in their own education. And uh, because of the state system, uh, in many cases, they fail. Well, I, um, whereas if you're investing in your own future, then you have control over it yourself. There are certainly people whose businesses have failed um, that have invested in them a hundred thousand dollars in them. I'm not going to dispute that, but I would say that 
Um, I'd like to see more people that manage to pull off the sustainable living thing, um, you know, uh, with off the grid kind of uh, deal um, before I would, you know, jump into that. So to me, lots that's of people doing that. There are lots of people, culture. but they're poor, you know. <laughs> be- I guess it depends on what you what you determine wealth to be. The majority of people I know who get off the grid, um, the freedom involved and the lack of stress in their lives is is worth a great deal. Um, and I wouldn't call them poor either. I mean, a lot of these people, in particular the ones, as you pointed out, it does require an initial investment. Most of the successful off-the-grid people usually had a little bit, you know, a considerable amount of money to get started. And then afterwards, you know, they could still have a job if they want. That's the difference, though, if they want. And if for some reason the economy collapses due to, you know, poor monetary management on the part of the state, you're not sitting there starving. That's what I'm saying is that it's it, too many people are completely dependent on the system. They're, they would have no idea what to do. If every department store was suddenly abducted by aliens, they would have no concept of how to take care of themselves. And that actually puts the state in a position to have a lot more control over your life in the long run. Yeah, indeed, um, that much is true. I mean, the state controls the the corporations, and the corporations control the things that you get in life. Um, a statement was made in the movie that the the famine in the last century was caused by poverty. We were just talking about poverty here, and um, I would disagree with that, that Less. And, and this is one of the problems is, um, you know, our conversation here bears little resemblance to the movie that I saw in Zeitgeist 3. And I think that that makes either that means either one of two things. Right. Like you don't agree with the guy who made the movie <laughs> and there's a schism within the movement already. Or it means that the guy who made the movie didn't do a very good job of portraying sort of, um, you know, the, the reality, the reality of what it is that the uh, the Venus Project's about. And I would say that. Well, can you tell me what was the big contradiction? Because I haven't really. I talked to Peter Joseph on a regular basis. What did you think was so different? Well, what I hear in there is a is sort of the the railing against uh, capitalism, the monetary system, right. um, you know, right. poverty, a sort of egalitarian feel to it. And the reason that Stefan Molyneux called you guy um, called your belief, uh, you know, Marxism with robots is because. It smacks deeply of sort of that communist feel. And maybe um, you guys don't intend to use guns to force people to be involved. You just intend to build the best commune around and people will flock to you. And that would be awesome. But um, I, if you like the presentation isn't there to me, what I saw was sort of this, you know, everything but the, the red flag flying in the background when I watched the movie. Well, I, I think that's kind of a. Uh, I don't know how you got that out of it because um, we never said anything about running around and rounding anybody up or putting anybody in any camps or forcing anybody to do anything in the zeitgeist free move. Well, when you say that um, there's a resource-based economy, that means somebody owns the resources, right? Who owns the resources? The world. Okay. Well, <laughs> the world, the whole world owns. I've, I've got some. I've got 11 acres of land, some trees on it, some water on it, uh, a couple of automobiles, and a house. Who owns that? Um, within a monetary system, you own it. Well, once the monetary system's gone, I don't? Well, because of the fact that we don't believe in coercion or force, if you want to continue owning that property and claiming it for yourself, then uh, then that's up to you. Um, the transition phases about this, like, you know, what happens as we're changing our minds, so to speak, over this new system, doesn't get talked about as much in the film, and it's not because there's some big, deep, dark secret. It's because, of, you know, he doesn't feel it's as relevant. Um, he's presenting it to people who don't really spend as much time thinking about property rights as you do, generally. 
Um, and, I, and I get that, and I, I understand where you know where you're coming from because I would have asked the same questions before. But basically, you know, as an example, um, Jacques Fresco, for example, pointed out that the Amish, due to their own beliefs, would never want to take part in a highly technological system. And he said that the answer is they don't have to do whatever they want. And more to the point, um, if for some reason some disaster happens, we'll help them. You know. So it's been, it's beneficial to them at that point. You know, we will continue to demonstrate the benefits of the way we're living, and if you want to participate in it, then great. And if you don't, you don't. Um, there's a lot about our beliefs on how to prevent crime um, and things of that nature that would not function in a coercive element. We don't believe that crime should be prevented, you know, and you know through coercion and introducing people into a circumstance where they are not comfortable is going to create anomalous behavior. Period. So it's not, it's not even, that's one of the reasons I said it's not effective. It doesn't fit within our philosophy. Um, and more to the point. Well, I would agree uh, that crime, anybody, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, you go ahead. I would agree that crime will be diminished once you have um, a situation where well, basically what you're saying is, is you're going to take resources and they're going to be doled out sort of uh, in an efficient fashion. And, you know, once things are sort of, uh, once there's not a need for a scarce uh, substance, then you will see crime diminish. I would agree with that, but I, I also think you're going to, um, you know, I I don't. I think that there's a couple of uh, thought processes here that I don't get. First off, um, you know, the concern for scarce resources. Over time, uh, there has been more production of food. In the last hundred years, there's been more production of food as the population's grown. Um, so you know, technology creates a system where. The you know you you don't have scarce resource like resources expand in order to uh, to meet the needs of people. Okay. So I mean, and- if so, a more so necessarily this optimization um, system where you have a a big supercomputer deciding where what goes where isn't entirely necessary when the marketplace does a reasonably good job of uh, doling it out. You know, I mean, like there's a lot of evidence that it it, it manages to to do that on a pretty efficient basis, especially when it's not coerced. I wouldn't say that it's efficient. You have a lot of, because it, because it has a profit, as profit motivation as its driving factor, you have the motivation to create things like, you know, advertising that is, that manages to go beyond just talking about your product and into brainwashing the people that are watching your commercials. You know, your research on that, films like Cywar. Oh, no, it's true. Uh, no doubt. Things along that you don't have to. You, you, know, you, you don't have, have to explain it to me. I, I got it. Absolutely. Right. Okay. No, Advertising is brainwashing. You, yeah, you'd be surprised how many people don't. So I apologize. I wasn't meaning to talk down to you at all. No, um, no. But uh, in addition to that, though, there's also uh, you know fashion things of that nature. A lot of artificial constructs that are created uh, that do not, by any means, encourage the uh, efficient use of resources. Which they don't encourage any kind of ecological. Which art is acceptable and which art isn't? Art is acceptable. But isn't fashion art? For a handbag, it depends on the fashion. Paying three thousand dollars for a handbag, um, and that's not an exaggeration. Nope, that's not acceptable. Well, it's just it's (laughs) it's just fiat currency, right? I mean, you know, somebody. That's an example, actually, the social stratification element, as was pointed out on one of my previous radio shows. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but there was an iPhone app that was called I'm Rich, and it cost $1,000, and it did nothing. It was just a status symbol. 
that I wasted a thousand dollars and I have this iPhone. How many people bought it? Inefficiency spread out of the price modification. How many people um, bought well, it? <laughs> enough people that they enough people bought it that they actually got rid of it. But yeah, they got um, rid of it. The, the point is, though, it's just that yes, eventually it was it was deleted. Um, I don't know all of the details about what happened with it, but I know that it existed and that essentially its function was just to brag about the fact that you have a thousand dollars. Um, and that's an example of inefficiency in the system that's created when when you're essentially uh, wagering everything on price. Now, oh. if you didn't have all of these artificial isms that you know were created, essentially things like I said, fashion is an example, uh, various social stratification elements like I'm a better person because I have a bigger house than you do, um, things like that. You know, if they weren't around, then you know you'd be right. My problem is is that. The price system, you know, it, I understand the, the mechanism. I actually, you know, I do, being a former market libertarian. Um, but it also creates a lot of other circumstances that are not friendly to the earth and to the people on it. I'll uh, agree with that. On the, on the same, the same New York street. Actually, the funny thing is, in the, if you look at the beginning of the film, um, uh, that New York street is based on a link that I gave Peter Joseph about a street in New York wherein there are three thousand dollar handbags for sale. And there are homeless people lying on the ground outside the street. Well, the street. You know, so, and the idea uh, you would spend $3,000 in a handbag when there are people starving outside is an example of the inefficiency of the market system to dole out resources in a humane fashion. So, um, you know, there, there's uh, – let's address the handbags first, then we'll address starving people. Um, starving uh, – sure. so handbags, first off, those handbags give jobs um, in their creation to lots of people. I, I would assume that it takes a, a quite a few people to uh, create that handbag, and those people all have work that sustains them and their families as a result. The fact that people will pay $3,000 for a handbag just means that those uh, those people that create handbags – and we need handbags, right? Um, those people that create handbags. They probably create other handbags, too, that don't cost $3,000. And so they have jobs as a result. The people with, that are sleeping on the street and have no food, there's a variety of reasons in that, um, you know, like, for one, lots of them are crazy. And I'm not to say that crazy people shouldn't eat. I'm just saying that um, that the marketplace could, if free and people didn't spend 60% of their wealth going to the government – 50, 40, 50, 60 percent of their wealth going to the government, they would have more money to create better systems to deal with people that are crazy people that are hungry. Um, you know, there are some people that choose not choose not to work and they choose instead to do drugs. I would prefer to see a system where those people are incentivized, i.e. empty stomachs, to actually stop doing drugs and start working again. Um you know, certainly they have problems, but there should be places where they can go in order to uh, to fix their little problems, and then they can get back to work like the rest of us. Well, let's not forget about the fact, though, that it's it's a misnomer to believe that everybody who's unemployed is crazy or or drugged out or just chooses not to work. Um, there's a lot of unemployment that's created within the system as uh, automation becomes more prevalent. Um, outsourcing becomes more prevalent that, you know, there are plenty of people, for example, like, you know, here in Michigan, I had to go to the unemployment uh, line not long ago, and I was not surrounded by welfare mothers who didn't want to work. I was surrounded by educated unemployment and unemployment and and famine, uh, you know, unemployment and, and hunger are two different things entirely. I mean, the, okay, well, the unemployment well, my line point was that there were plenty of people who are unemployed who don't want to be unemployed. Agreed. And, 
it's not by any choice of their own. Agreed, no doubt. Um, those people, you know, I mean, there's there's opportunities in the marketplace to uh, to open their own businesses. I hope they can do it. The government created minimum wages. Um, the regulations that the government creates in order to make it difficult for businesses to function. There, thereby, they have uh, less money to employ people. All these things, uh, you know, lead to that situation. Don't forget the fact that the government's regulations and and its uh, wages and its corporate welfare drive uh, the companies into other countries uh, so that you know people around here don't work i think the best way you could handle that is to create a free market open up the borders and let people work for what they want to work for and also a sound currency would probably change those things by currency i don't mean a government issued currency well no and and competing currencies is is a possibility but I, i would also point out that one in four businesses fail in the first year and one in four are the ones that succeed fail in the next four years some of that could be argued to be due to government intervention, a great deal of versions and things of that nature. Um, but another good deal of it has to do with just the business practices of the people who are on top. Indeed. Well, um, and the business practices of the people who are on the bottom. I mean, you know, the fact is I worked at a uh, restaurant at one point washing dishes. The guy said I was the worst dishwasher he ever had. My hands bled. I was slow. I was terrible at washing dishes. They moved me on to waiting tables. The, his brother, who ran the front end of the restaurant, said I was the best waiter he'd ever had. So, I mean, you know, some people are cut out to do some work and some people aren't. If you got the fat girl doing a stripper job, she's not going to make as much. Well, yes, and, I, and there's also obviously the element of the consumer, which I've heard is supposed to be the arbor to deal with things like sweatshop labor and things of that nature, putting people who want to give somebody any form of a fair wage out of business. Um, but I, I honestly, after looking at it as much as I have, um, even before we had a lot of the same state regulations that we've had in the past, there were always large pockets of poor and tiny pockets of rich, and they do things, you know, cartels. Uh, things of that nature to get together to be sure that they stay on top. Um, And I don't think that would change absent the state. I think that it would be a little bit more tricky because they'd have to actually just do some shrewd shrewd yet uh, ruthless business practices to get on top, but they could still get there regardless of the state. that's my estimate, anyway. Indeed. Don't you I'm think – now you're talking about the future here. I'm talking about the present. But let's talk about the future. Don't you think that um, technology as it exists today is moving more towards a, uh, a machine like they have in Star Trek, the replicator, where it will create anything you want, mm-hmm. big or small? Would you agree that society is moving towards that? Yes. Would um, you agree that society is moving towards – that way. Uh, Moving towards a device that will create unlimited energy? Um, well, I mean, even with the energy technologies that we have now, we're basically there, but the, the ones that are the more profitable are based on fossil fuels, and a lot of business has gone out of the way to be sure that we don't know about the alternatives. But that, The Internet isn't going to allow that to happen for much longer, Neil. I mean, the Internet, the Internet is the great equalizer here, and you know, it's just yet another piece of technology that will create a more egalitarian society. Once you have the device that has unlimited energy inside of it, and the device that will create whatever it is that you want. If you wanted a gold-plated, uh, two-stroke, gas-powered strap-on, um, and it'll zap, throw that thing right down on the table for you, 
I mean, I mean a jewel-encrusted gold uh, two, two-stroke uh, gas-powered strap-on. And, you know, there it is, right? Like, at that point, the whole society changes. You'd, and I think we're a lot closer to that than we are, okay, everybody stop, let's make some concentric cities, and we'll uh, have a big computer dole out the resources. I think we have the resources. The resources are in, um, invested in technology, technology within let's say the next 30 or 40 years, could very well solve all of these problems, making the state irrelevant, um, making, making uh, you know, want irrelevant, making poverty irrelevant. And if it takes some rich people today living it up, snorting coke on their Learjets in order to get there in 30 years, I don't really care. I'll admit to you that I think that uh, we would have a better system if it was, uh, you know, that the state is creating the ugly system that we have today. We would have a better system if there wasn't a state. But I, I, you know, you would agree that your Venus project isn't implementable today, right? Um, well, no, but neither is a full free market economy, um, and that's why I, I suggested to people that the first step is to is to get those technologies and to use them to free themselves now. Well, I'm um, not I'm not talking about a free I'm not, not talking even talking about a free free market technology right now. I'm talking about a, a tech uh, you know a situation where technology brings us away from the point where we have to we even have to worry about sort of the allocation of resources. What I'm talking about is. Just don't hit people. Just don't threaten people. And we could get there. And we will get there. It really doesn't matter whether people continue to hit people, continue to threaten people. We're going to still get there. Hopefully, we can get there faster rather than slower. But, you know, your technology isn't implementable. So the conversation that is being had in Zeitgeist 3 is essentially once we have teleporting machines it's very important that it doesn't mess up our hair. You know, like you're having a conversation about something that doesn't exist today. It, c- it couldn't exist today. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. The majority of everything you saw based on the, in the resource-based economy presentation that he put in V3 is all based on existing technologies. The only thing that, you know, you're talking about, like if you're going to take things as far as like transporters and teleporters and all that, I don't recall teleportation ever being used in V3 at all. Um, there is about you know, no, no, producing no. locally so that you don't need to transport. I'm making, it, I'm making an analogy. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to make an analogy in that the, okay. the technology to implement um, what, what I, you know, the resource-based economy with the giant computer in charge doesn't exist today. So the concern that we build a society with a giant <laughs> computer in charge of, of uh, allocating resources is kind of it's kind of superfluous because we do, we can't do it, you know. Well, a lot of computer systems already exist that are being used in major corporations right now that regulate large quantities of transactions and resources. There was a project uh, used in Chile some time ago called Project Cybersyn, and that was done with 70s level technology. Um, I mean, 70s level computers, and it did a pretty decent job of regulating the Chilean economy during a major strike at one point. Um, and it's because the ability to move technology is all there. Um, I, I do feel, I mean, that's technology, information. And as we progress in the information age, advents of things like the internet, you know, real time monitoring of resources are actually all doing very well in the technology sectors right now. And major corporations are using that same technology right now just for themselves. Um, now, I do want to address the issue of the computers making the decisions um, and understand it in the proper context, which is that a machine is not going to turn to you and say, well, you can't marry her. Um, a machine is not going to turn to you and tell you, 
um, where you're going to sleep or, you know, or what religion you're going to have or anything along that nature. It's more along the lines of you have a thermostat in your house. The thermostat regulates the temperature. It tells you what the temperature is. Um, it's not in charge of your temperature. You still are. Um, you still decide what temperature your house is. Automated systems like the ones in your refrigerator that ensure that your refrigerator stays cool all of the time. You know, you don't have to go in there and physically turn on the cooling agent, whatever you, you know, because that would be tedious. We're talking about using technology to automate any functions of the state that you've seen previously that, that have any purpose at all. And that's just an infrastructure. Um, so basically, you know, if, if you set it up on a smaller scale, you could have a central computer system um, in an off-the-grid home that monitors your hydroponic farming systems, that monitors your uh, solar array, you know, gives you reports on how good the energy is, do you need more. Um, and that's essentially the same function the central computer would have, is that it's helping us um, to analyze information, in some cases in a way that the human brain is not capable of doing on its own. And then we reach the, um, the most equitable and the most scientifically sound answers to problems. That's A lot of it is just the methodology. Um, coming to a conclusion of, um, particularly, you know, as I used the example earlier, um, do you need a department of sewer that's run by a bureaucrat who's probably corrupted by whoever gave him, you know, money for his campaign uh, to fix a problem in the sewer? Or do you design the sewer from the beginning to be extremely easy fix uh, with an automated system that detects where the problem is, deploys a robot to go and fix the sewer pipe that was designed in the first place to be easily removed, um, you know, that's, that's the major difference. I mean, otherwise, you know, in a bureaucratic system, you know, that guy who was corrupted, well, he was probably corrupted by a, you know, construction company that gave him a nice fat cash. You you're know, right. Um, you know, and, it, uh, I absolutely agree with what you're saying, Neil. This is the siren song of central planning. If we could just have everybody wear uniforms, if we could just have them, you know, uh, create uh, things that are interchangeable and, you know, we'd have the, the robots fix it. This is truly the siren song of central planning, but it's kind of, you know, it's been shown throughout the years to not work. And it's not because of the computers and the efficiency. It's because of the people who program them and run them. Would there not be people programming and running computers? Or is it that you're talking about this entire societal mind change that humans are going to stop being, uh, you know, greedy and self-serving? Well, uh, some of it is the issue of um, the societal mind change, that's for certain, because your value systems change um, when you're not in a circumstance of scarcity. Uh, however, um, a lot of it is also comes down to this. When you're programming anything that's going to be governed in society, you have to demonstrate that that's scientifically more sound than somebody else. If you don't like uh, what the way that a computer is programmed, for example, let's say it's not uh, it's not efficient, it's producing more of a given resource than is than should be, and it's causing ecological damage. Those are not matters of opinion. You can prove that through the scientific method. You can develop a hypothesis, test the hypothesis, and then therefore prove this needs to be fixed. Um, if you have a solution, then you can prove that your solution will work better. Science offers those possibilities. Politics doesn't. Politics is a tendency to create circumstances wherein, well, I'm attractive, so therefore you voted for me, and for four years I get to run your life, and uh, if you don't like it, that's too bad. Um, in science, in a science circumstance, 
you know, I don't have to. You know, give me an example of a totally, you know, messed up, you know, example of the state. You know, obviously the the weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist. Um, in a in a rational society, wherein science is the governing factor, we would have been able to easily prove that there were no weapons of mass destruction, and then a policy would have been affected directly by that. I'm curious yeah, as to how you would have proven that. I mean, when you don't have well, the evidence. A lot of it. Well, there was there was enough evidence. There was enough evidence already. We ignored it because we've been conditioned to believe that politics is still the solution. We're not. This is another major aspect of how you you prevent fascism is through education. And in education, you you very much emphasize on critical and analytical thinking skills. You teach people about the elements of propaganda, fear mongering, um, logical fallacies. And then it becomes really obvious when somebody's trying to do something like that. Um, instead, we have a society that, that the education is actually moving in the other direction. Critical thinking is not valued. Uh, listen to what you see on the boob tube. Um, don't actually think for yourself. You know, Bill O'Reilly knows best. He's being paid to be there to tell you what's going on, so you should listen to him. Bill O'Reilly is far, uh, from, a, from a percentage standpoint, Bill O'Reilly is far less viewed than um, the nightly newses of 30 years ago. So, um, in fact, the, well, no, I, the diversification of television has allowed for, uh, you know, a lot of different opinions to be out there. Right, but at the same time, um, I, I, I know you know this. I mean, you're you're a free thinking person. How often do you have frustrations with the fact that there are people that are listening to that rather than free talk live? You know, I, um, I I'm of the opinion that people are. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm sorry to say this, and I can't come up with a better uh, opinion, but they're willfully ignorant. So willful ignoramuses. Um, how how are right. you going to take those people <laughs> and make them logical? All I'm proposing to do is tell them, hey, no more hitting. Um, you know, whereas you're looking for the societal change, I, I guess what confuses me the most about it is to me, this is my view of the future, is that we're likely to solve the problems that you're talking about, the problems of allocations of resources, the problems of a, you know, a, a coercive state. We're likely to solve those in this inside of decades because of the progress of um, technology. And so what's the point in trying to create societies that will better allocate resources when there won't be an issue of resources, I guess is what I'm concerned with. Some of us feel that we need to be going a little bit faster in that direction. You're not going to get there faster with a movie. I mean, where is your well, concentric no, circle city? Do you have – how are you going to – I mean, there's lots of cheap property out west. Go buy some property and start building the concentric circle city is what I would recommend. Uh, I picked up and moved my life for the Free State Project because I believe in this. Well, no, and, I, and I'm not saying that that's a bad idea. And if you if you look at um, Zeitgeist Addendum, one of the things that Peter suggests is that people should work on getting off the grid. Um, and that's essentially the first stage. It would be great to go ahead and build the cities. Um, but before, the other thing is, though, is, is that the value structure needs to change before those cities can be effective. It will certainly help um, to have a circumstance of no you know, scarcity, but... You can't just take a person out of this system alone without having spent any time helping them be, you know, become enlightened. I think you'll you get know, the value system. I think you'll get the value system you're looking for once you have the situation you're looking for, which is a lack of problems based around resources. And I think you're going well, to, not- to solve those problems based on resources through the free market. It has the foothold that getting off the grid doesn't and can't create. 
Well, I, I don't really agree with that, and that's for the reasons I already gave earlier. The market is still intent on hindering certain technologies if they're not profitable. Um, electric cars, an example. Different alternative energies are examples of that. And but electric cars are going to be produced. They've got, the, they've got two electric cars that are coming out this year. The market isn't trying to hinder right. that. Long did it take to get that to happen? It could have happened a long time. Well, ago. there were electric cars when um, I was a kid, and you know they they were just you know they were little rolling around rattle traps. The technology wasn't there. You didn't have battery technology to that point. If people would have focused on it, yes, the marketplace would have created better batteries in a shorter period of time. Technology just failed is because Texaco purchased the patents for those. And prevented them from you're, being t- you're talking about the <laughs> what killed the electric car movie. There were electric cars when I was a kid. They were little triangles. Um, I don't know how to. I, I I don't know the name of them or anything like that. But they were all around. There were several of them in the city of Bradenton in the uh, late '70s and early '80s. I mean, you know, they were they were little tiny golf carts essentially, and they were only good to drive around in the city because they really couldn't get above 40, 45 miles an hour. Well, right, but that's. There was a limit to what the to how, you know, how far the technology was taken that did not need to be put there, um, and that that's basically the differences that I was trying to get at is that because of the fact that there's a market interest in continuing us you know, continuing the perpetual dependence on oil, um, alternative technologies are held back for that reason. And obviously, I mean, you don't you don't believe in intellectual property and you don't believe in things like patents being able to hold people back. So, you know that that is a state element, um, but. Uh, it's not to say that, you know, uh, circumstances like, for example, the trolley system that was purchased and then put out of business because they wanted people to buy automobiles um, by the auto industry. They purchased the mass transit systems and then deactivated them. That's an example of the market system holding back technology. Now, that has happened. Um, That's absolutely true. Um, you know, and I will I will agree with you that uh, large corporations have colluded with the government. However, I think the problem's the government because they have they give the corporations, these large companies, the oppor- opportunity to collude. Neil, I, I have to cut this off. It's, uh, it's time for me to do the show. Thank you for your time here today. I hope you feel you were treated fairly. And um, tell oh, people... No, it was a great conversation. Thank you. Um, t- please uh, tell people about your radio show. That way, they can find out more. If they, if you know, if for whatever reason I have poorly represented libertarianism, and you've been ex- entirely convincing to them, tell them where they can go. Well, um, v-radio.org hyphen or minus. So uh, if you go there, and that's my website, you can also check out the venusproject.com. And the zeitgeistmovement.com. And that's v-radio.org. I want people to really understand you got to put the org in there because .com isn't going to work for you. <laughs> well, yeah, well, beyond the fact that the, the dash is the part that's tricky. Is it? Uh, okay. Yeah, the, it's a hyphen, a minus, or dash. You'd be surprised how many people put that in there. All right. v-radio.org. Thank you, Neil Kinnan. No problem. Warning, do not listen to this podcast if hearing about freedom and liberty is not legal for you in your community. And if so, you should immediately move to a hipper community. Coming April 1st, no joke, the Guns and Weed podcast. A weekly web lab where Michael W. Dean and Nima Vadadi cover the punk rockinist, hip hopinist current events, as well as timeless universal truths about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Because there's no such thing as half free. 
the Guns and Weed podcast, available from GunsandWeed.com. And now, the NEMA News with NEMA Vidati. And now, for your daily dose of nanny statism in our daily segment, Tyranny Today. Tyranny Today. Well, NEMA, Ban Francisco officials say they're cracking down hard on all unlicensed commerce. If you do not have the proper 47 forms filled out in octuplicate, then they could be coming for you. Just hours ago, six drug police were eaten by bears while raiding a marijuana farm. It is not yet clear if the dope farmer had trained the bears or if the animals simply had good taste. Nice bear. Stand back. We're from the government. We're here to help you. It's okay. It's okay, man. Stand back. Nice bear. Stop. Stand back. Hey. Michael W. Dean and Nima Fadadi's fun and feisty weekly chat about constitutional, libertarian, and voluntarist issues, abuse of authority by police, the war on drugs, the war on guns, self-defense, states' rights, natural rights, Austrian economics, the problems of a two-party system, taxation, guns, cats, dogs, anarchy, DIY art, low-budget filmmaking, digital recording, activism, punk rock, sex, hip-hop, and more. Because there's no such thing as half free. Baby, get me the AK. Tell two friends. Make copies. Email it to everyone you know. Go on the site and comment. This is a conversation. Every Friday night, we'll have an exciting new episode where Michael W. Dean and Nima Vadati weave their own unique take on the way the world works and how to find your place in it. Gunsandweed.com. Subscribe. And remember, the only power they have is the power you allow them. <laughs> 